It's six o'clock, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, EasyJet plans more rescue flights from Sharm, calls for Wickham to start accepting refugees and a Bedford woman appeals to find her daughter. BBC Three Counties Radio. EasyJet is planning to fly another plane out to Sharm el-Sheikh today to rescue holidaymakers stuck in the Egyptian resort. The Luton-based airline says it still has more than 2,500 passengers who've been unable to return home. Meanwhile, the investigation's continuing into the Russian plane crash amid fears a bomb may have been put on board. Mark Lowen reports from Sharm el-Sheikh. It's hoped around 2,000 British nationals will again be flown out today, along with far more Russians, after Moscow cancelled flights to the country. 55 planes from Russia arrived in Egypt over the weekend as part of the repatriation. The investigation into the crash is gathering pace, with one member of the team telling the Reuters news agency they were 90% sure that the sudden noise on the black box was a bomb. If confirmed, Egypt's economy will pay a heavy price, and airports around the world will have to calm fears of a repeat strike. Community groups and religious leaders in High Wycombe have signed a statement urging the council to accept a number of Syrian refugees. The statement calls on the council to play its part in accepting an appropriate number of refugees as soon as practically possible. Ollie Bayliss reports. Among others, the statement has been backed by Reverend Hugh Ellis of the All Saints Church and the chair of Wycombe Islamic Society, Rafi Shafi. Some councils have already said they're willing to accept people fleeing Syria. Bedford Borough Council has said it could find homes for 100 refugees over the next five years. Milton Keynes has offered to help 20 refugee families. The Chancellor George Osborne is expected to announce that four government departments have agreed to cut their spending by nearly 30% over the next four years. The Treasury, Transport, Local Government and Environment Departments have all agreed deals. A woman from Bedford who was forced to give her daughter up for adoption in 1964 is appealing for help to find her. Carol Long, who now lives in America, gave birth while living at a home for unmarried mothers and hopes to find her 51 years later. Ben Nye has the details. Mrs Long was 18 when she was taken to the home on Hurst Grove in Bedford by her family, where she was forced to give up her daughter to adoptive parents. Her daughter was born at Bedford Hospital on the 3rd of September 1964 and given the name Adeline Shelley Peters. She hopes the publicity will help her find her daughter and allow them to meet. In sport, Chesham United caused the biggest upset in the first round of the FA Cup, beating Bristol Rovers 1-0. Ryan Blake was the hero of the afternoon, scoring for the Southern League Premier Division side, who were 75 places below Bristol in the league. Elsewhere, it was a comfortable victory for Wickham, beating Halifax 4-0. Weather will be mainly mild and dry, with some bright and sunny spells. Top temperatures around 14 degrees Celsius, 57 degrees Fahrenheit. You can get the latest news and sport online at BBC I take my shoes off. There is a reminiscent smell emanating from my stocking feet. I'm wondering, where do I know that smell from? And then I remember, yes, it's cat litter. Thanks, boys. They put cat litter in my socks. Great work, guys. I apologise. seem to have arrived home with items in my bag from your house. There's cutlery, a tablecloth, some Hennessy. A book on presidents deceased I'll have them FedEx to you It was a strange thing to do I hope we can still be friends Oh, it was not me But someone else you see Twisting the steering reins 
Put a penny in the slot and make an artificial light shine Leave gold, my golden eye I don't give advice, but be wise and think twice Before getting involved in a game Where the minority face the majority Who are faceless and born without name Was it Noxink when we came across three men? They had church candles wrapped in newspaper. I bought two from them and I lit one for you. I hope the message made its way down the wire. Put a penny in the slot and make an artificial light shine. Leave gold, my golden eye. The soul of a dog, he's alive and not gone to the farm like the others said. A Rhodesian rich back off the beaten track in a furniture shop down on the keys. For the loneliness you foster, I suggest Paul Oster, a book called Tim Book Two. Put a penny in the slot and watch the drunken sailor boy dance. She will not let you be her lover She goes out looking for the taxi Her phone is ringing straight to message minder Send out a battalion to find Put a penny in the slot and make an artificial light shine Leave gold, my golden arm The only place that goes from that to this Let's go now Blue skies and sunshine for everyone, for anyone We'll show them how Today's the day for a layabout Chilling out, busy doing nothing all day long Oh yeah, and now you're smiling Don't ever let the feeling Sail away, far away For something new Today's the day now For laying low, letting go For getting all your worries All day long, oh yeah And once you smile 
BBC Three Counties Radio. There's a powerful start to the show. Uh, my first guest was 18 when she gave birth to her first child in 1964. Not unusual these days. Um, uh, people got married young back then. And my mum had uh, my sister when she was, I'm going to say, 19, Catherine. Those, you know, trouble was, uh, Carol Long wasn't married. Well, Carol joins me on the line now from... Uh, uh, whereabouts in America are you, Carol? Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, fantastic. Um, 1965, what happened? In 1964, um, I dated a young fellow from the Air Force Base and thought I'd really, you know, I thought we'd get married and stuff. And his mother was willing to, you know, put me, uh, invite me to her home over here and everything. And and then my mum and dad just decided that I have to go into an unwed mother's home. So I didn't see him anymore. An unwed mother's home. Gosh. Yes. That's an old-fashioned phrase, isn't it? Yeah, that's where I went for a few weeks. And what was it like there? It was okay. You know, I was lonely, very sad. My family didn't... Nobody came to see me, so it was a very, you know, hush-hush thing. So there were some nice girls there that were also in same situation as me and they treated me well you know but um it was a sad time um so what happened to your daughter okay they they came i had to sign a paper over so they came and uh took her away i remember that day and then uh never heard anything since that um what were you feeling when you had to sign that bit of paper and give your daughter up? Uh, heartbroken. I didn't really want to live. So it was just a sad time. Just just a bad time for me. And, 
there'll be some people listening who, who, who can't quite understand, well, if, if, if you didn't want to do it, why did you do it? Can you try and explain, and it's difficult, you know, in 2015, where, where you know, things are very, very different. Can you try and explain why you felt you had to um, give your daughter up for adoption? Okay, because there was, five, my parents had five children in the house, in the three-bedroom three house. Um, my dad was a hard worker, and I didn't have a job. And mum didn't work, so it was uh, very difficult for me to bring another baby, you know, child, from, for my parents to help me take care of. So um, I just had to sign the papers over, sign, sign the papers and turn her over. And I wasn't allowed to talk about it. Oh. But who, who, didn't, who prevented you from talking about it? Your family or...? Yeah, my my mum and dad didn't. I mean, they were fantastic parents, don't get me wrong, but my mum and dad, um, they never spoke about it. They n- never talked about it, never asked me, never come to see her or anything like that. But that's the way it was in them days. Yeah, I know, I know. Weren't, weren't them days um, <laughs> weird and cruel and, um, and strange? Um, that was 50 years ago. Carol. Right. Yeah. Has she been on your mind this whole time? The whole time. Every September the 3rd, I say happy birthday to her. The whole time. That's something you you never forget. It doesn't matter how many children you have after that. You still always remember her. So that's the way I was feeling. What if, if, if she were, you know, with you now, what would you like to say to her? <clears throat> uh, first thing I would say is, I think um, I'm, I'm so sorry um, and ask her to forgive me and give me another chance to um, get to know her. And just look in them eyes again. That's a, that's the thing I can see is I looked in her eyes and kissed her cheek as they then they took her from me. And I watched out an upstairs window. I was upstairs in the house and I, I watched outside the window there and right underneath the window was the garden path and I watched her as they took her down, put her in the car. So I just you know, it's been such a long time ago. I know I sobbed my eyes out and I never forget her since, and I'm I'm determined that I'm going to find her. I find it really interesting that you're saying you want um, uh, to apologise to her. I mean, you were a kid yourself, weren't you? Really, yeah, and um, yeah. you know, I, I I kind of imagine. Tell me if I've got this wrong. That um, you know, you had all the pressure from your family. That it was kind of a shameful thing for the family. Yes. That you got yes. pregnant. Yes. That, that's that's right. Like I said before, my mum and dad were great, you know, lovely people and everything. It's just I brought shame on the family and uh, I couldn't ask them to help me with, you know, with her, take this child in too. And uh, um, if I would see her again or be able to talk to her, I would just tell her that if she's listening or anything out there that... Um, I've never forgotten her, and uh, she's always welcome in my life. My husband now knows about her. My children know about her. 
She's no secret. And, and no, she's no should always she welcome in my house. Nor should she be a secret. Let's let's just get a few facts out because it might just jog someone's memory. So um, right. uh, the name that you gave her was Adelaine Shelley Peters. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Okay. And she was born on September the third, nineteen sixty-four. Yes. At what was well the uh, General Hospital North Wing in Bedford. Right. Right. Okay. So those are the dates. Any other bits of information that you think might. Um, might be helpful. Um, I can barely remember somebody do the care, caregiver or the care worker, whatever they called them in them days. She did tell me that she has a little brother waiting for her at home. Ah. And the the brother was about three. So. Okay. Somebody told me that maybe her name may be Janet or Janice. But that's not positive. Okay. Well, listen, if anybody has any information, uh, you can give us a call, 03459 455 555. Can I give... I've got an email address. Am I allowed to give that out on air? Yes, you are. Would you okay? Okay, so you can either yeah. call us and you, you know, and if you, even if you want to phone up and say, look, I'd, I think that might be me, I don't want to get involved, anything will be fine and we'll respect your uh, privacy. The email address, uh, if you want to email uh, Carol directly, is Carol. P. Long at hotmail.com. Carol P. Long at hotmail.com. Um, Carol, I, I, um, I wish you the best of luck. Okay, thank you so much. And if for we your hear. Help. No, well, you know, thanks for talking to us. And I, I, I you know, try not to, to, to feel ashamed or feel, you know, feel bad or anything. There are a lot of people that that were kind of had their hands forced back in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, you know, and, and they, they kind yes. of had to do that. So. Try not to be too hard on yourself. OK. Let's OK, keep, thank you so let's much. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Take care, Carol. Bye-bye. OK, bye-bye. There we go. We'll talk more about that in a second. Let's have some of this. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, it's busy from Junction 12 for Flitwick to 11 for Dunstable. And on the A1M, it's very slow past Junction 7 for Stevenage southbound. On the A405 North Orbital Road at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout, it's starting to build up around Brickettwood. And in Blackthorn on the A41, there are delays in both directions at lower end because of the roadworks. On the trains, Great Northern have 10-minute delays between Alexandra Palace and Oakley Park because of a signalling problem. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Where are we now? Right, 6.18. It is Monday, the 9th of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. EasyJet is planning another rescue flight today to bring back stranded passengers from Sharm el-Sheikh. There are calls for Wickham Council to start taking Syrian refugees. And Chesham United caused a massive shock in the FA Cup, beating Bristol Rovers 1-0. It was the war that changed the world forever. And now, through photos, archive films and sound recordings, you can discover how World War I made a difference to lives across the UK, including here in Beds, Hearts and Bucks. The initial trials for the first tank had taken place in secret at Hatfield, in Hatfield Park at the beginning of 1916. The World War I at Home interactive e-book. Amazing stories of the people and places closer to home. You can see on this memorial here, this, this, this is Memorial Hall, which was designed as a living memorial to the boys that died. But actually, it says 577. Find out how to download it for free 
at bbc.co.uk slash WW1. been um, um, dipping into my sack. I have. My Your his- triple M sack. My historical sack of... Uh, by the way, morning, Danny. Morning. There we go, you see. You are right. Yeah. I like, um, don't care. Oh. There was what, a, why not? You did a, a noise uh, there as if to say, I'm, actually, I'd like to talk to you as a... I respect you and look up to you as a father figure. Well, I'm, well, hold I'm on. That, there was no noise. There it was. He went, oh. He went, oh, Dad. Do you went, oh, Dad. Oh, Dad. He didn't hear me. Do it again. I can't. Don't... There we go. He went, oh, Dad. And that he looks, and I can understand that because I'm fatherly. But also, you teach must, him an important lesson this morning. I'll teach him. I will teach him a very important lesson in a minute. Uh, but as well as being fatherly, it must be confusing for him because I'm kind of quite brotherly as well, aren't I? <laughs> See, and there's also a homoerotic thing going on. Very homoerotic. Very. He is very homoerotic towards me, and I'd like to register a complaint. Well, you've come to. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Yes, you do. Yes, I do. This, hang on, this isn't. No, I want to. I wish to have an argument. No, hang on a second. What's the Python sketch, Danny? Um, this isn't an argument clinic. This is well disagreement. 
I mean, it's just words. Oh, it's just he's words. Only, he's only little, though. He's had, his, he's had his, his spotlight for the week. That was Danny's spotlight for the week, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. There was a treat in your tri- triple M sack for me. Thank you. Um, it made it worthwhile me having studied Spanish up to degree level. Oh, yeah. That was a very rude song in there. Hey, little hen, when, when, that when wasn't the words you he was singing. for my tea? Hey, little hen, when, when, when will you do? do, 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 do. Well, that was the tune the guy was singing, but the <laughs> lyric was quite different. Oh, man. He was I, asking you to do something unspeakable. I um, haven't... It's a show I used to do years and years and years ago. Um, it was a free-for-all. Um, call straight to it, and I haven't listened to that stuff for years. And I listened to like someone tweeted that they were listening to it with their kids, mm-hmm. and I listened to the first three minutes out of nostalgia. And, it, and then you passed me the baton. It angered me, it made me laugh, and it embarrassed me in mm-hmm. equal measure. It made me fall asleep. God, I was a gob. Oh, sorry, uh, I was a gobby so and so. It's fun though. Youth though, you were thirty-two, weren't you? Um, no, no. Yeah, no. you did. You were. You kept mentioning it. Um, yeah, thirty-two. Two thousand six. Was it? Well, I was thirty-three. 32 stroke 33. Showbiz, showbiz, showbiz age. Showbiz. What's your showbiz age, Dan? 20. Okay. And your real one? 22. Okay, there we go, you see. <laughs> he needs to up it. His showbiz age should be 29. What's, yeah. what's yours? My showbiz age, about 50. <laughs> so you've, you've lowered yours <laughs> wow. for the um, Thanks very thing. Much. Should we do this? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I can't. You've not printed it up. You utter plum. You asked me to come in early, I forgot. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. We're gonna talk cues in a bit. There's a really there's a book out. We should get the author on, right? There's a book out and it looks you lot would think it was boring. I think it looks brilliant. The history of cues. The history of cues. Mm-hmm. Sounds good, doesn't it? I've asked Kath to buy it for me for Christmas. Sounds really boring. Exactly. Speaking of which, I'm having lunch with Mark Mason this week. He's not boring. Ah, apparently. thank you. Now, are you ready? Yeah, go on. One, two, one, two, three, four. Wickham Council's under pressure to put a figure of the number of Syrian refugees it's willing to house. Campaigners and faith leaders have signed a statement expressing their mounting concern. Remind me to talk about faith in a minute. Okay. About the situation. Catherine's got more on this. Catherine, why are community groups and religious leaders putting this pressure on the council? Mostly because it's their job as community groups and religious leaders, to be honest. They feel passionate about this and they believe that there's something the council should be doing and doing faster. So community figures have signed this statement urging the council to follow the example of the Good Samaritan and act with generosity urging. Um, Here's a statement. It reads this, thusly. Um, This is an exceptional crisis requiring an exceptional response. We urge Wickham District Council to play its part in accepting an appropriate number of Syrian refugees as soon as practically possible. Um, The statement continues. This will be a challenge but also an opportunity for our community to act together and grow spiritually, culturally and economically. We offer in return our public support for such a step and practical assistance wherever possible in welcoming and integrating Syrian refugees into our settled community. All right, holy guys. Where are these refugees going to be housed, for crying out loud? Well, the community groups and leaders are offering to work with the council to come up with solutions. We're told that churches and mosques have pledged to assist with accommodation. There have been suggestions that scout halls could even be used to house refugees. Inappropriate. The group have not said how many refugees they think High Wycombe should accept, but we've spoken to a Labour councillor, Khalil Ahmed, you'll be speaking to him later on, who's supporting the statement. He believes that High Wycombe could accommodate up to 200 Syrian refugees, given the size and scale of the town. And he's really frustrated with the council over what he says is a lack of leadership on the issue. Now, as uh, we didn't mention earlier on, but other councils have earlier said that they're willing to accept people fleeing from Syria. Bedford Borough Council's previously said it will find homes for 100 refugees over the next 
next five years. Milton Keynes said it will take on 20 refugee families. Nationally, the government have committed the UK to accepting 20,000 Syrian refugees over the next five years. But they're coming under pressure from the Church of England to increase that figure. OK. So, so trying to explain to me, I'm getting so confused. Why is High Wycombe Council not committing themselves to a number? That's a really good question. Thank Ian. you, Catherine. The council have told us any final decision about numbers would have to be decided in conjunction with Box County Council because the responsibility for supporting refugees locally would fall to them, according to Wickham. And it would be inappropriate to comment further ahead of a cabinet meeting, which is due on the 16th of November. So that's Monday, isn't it? But they've expressed concerns about accommodating up to 200 Syrian refugees that could greatly reduce their abilities to prevent homelessness and meet local housing needs. This this means that uh, many people would take up to, oh, this many people would take up to a year's worth of social housing, they reckon. Okay, well, I... Um, We've got a statement from the council leader, Martin Tetch, fancy that? No, I don't, I don't, um, I don't think so. He's saying that um, oh. government financial support must be assured, he wants extra. We went for it. From the government. What's well, that the, was the brief version. What's the best queue you've ever been in, Catherine? <laughs> Again, I'm just thinking of Scott's suggestion. <laughs> No, I don't tend to queue for that. I go straight through the door. Um, it would well, you're be... at the front of the queue. You're what they would be queuing for. Exactly. Oh three four five nine four double five five five. I'm going to give you time to think. Greg's. Uh, <laughs> right. Okay. Um, well, your best and your worst queues, guys. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Two lanes are closed on the M1 southbound because of an accident between two vans and a car at Junction 12 for Flitwick, which is causing a queue back from Junction 13 for Bedford. On the A1M, it's slow southbound for Junction 7 for Stevenage, and the M25 is busy anti-clockwise between Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. A bit further around on the M25 clockwise, the exit slip road's partially blocked with the QE2 bridge, and the A41 in Blackthorn has delays in both directions at lower end where the roadworks are. On the trains, Great Northern have 10-minute delays between Oakley Park and Alexandra Palace on trains through those stations because of a signalling problem. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's half past six. I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines. EasyJet is planning to fly another plane out to Sharm el-Sheikh today to rescue holidaymakers stuck in the Egyptian resort. The Luton-based airline says it still has more than 2,500 passengers who've been unable to return home. Community groups and religious leaders in High Wycombe have signed a statement urging the council to accept a number of Syrian refugees. And a woman from Bedford who was forced to give her daughter up for adoption in 1964 is appealing for help to find her. Carol Long, who now lives in America, gave birth while living at a home for unmarried mothers and hopes to find her daughter Adelaine 51 years later. The weather will be mild and mainly dry with some bright and sunny spells. Top temperatures around 14 degrees Celsius, 57 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Chesham United caused the biggest upset in the first round of the FA Cup, beating Bristol Rovers 1-0. Ryan Blake was the hero of the afternoon, scoring for the Southern League Premier Division side, who was 75 places below Bristol in the league. Elsewhere, it was a comfortable victory for Wickham, beating Halifax 4-0. Both Luton Town and Stevenage are also in tonight's second round draw. Stevenage beat Gillingham 3-0 at the Lamex, and boss Teddy Sheringham was pleased with how his side defended after they took the lead. You try and work out what, what they're going to do, and whatever there was a couple of little hairy moments and uh, games can change on on certain little times uh, I can remember a cross shot going right across the goal two or three of their players sliding in 
and we became good after that. Arsenal failed to open up a gap at the top of the Premiership after they drew one all with Tottenham in the North London derby. Manchester City were held to a goalless draw by Aston Villa, who are now just one point adrift at the bottom of the table. City manager Manuel Pellegrini feels his side should have won. Of course, when you have a, a new manager, they have a lot of motivation of the players. You don't know against whom you are going to play because they changed the system. That's why maybe in the first half we didn't be, we didn't we were so aggressive that we were in the second. But uh, after that, we had another uh, another head of, of Nicolás Mendy, one of Kevin De Bruyne. We had really three or four chances at least. And in tennis, Andy Murray says he must go back to the drawing board after losing to Novak Djokovic in the final of the Paris Masters. Murray will now practice on clay this week ahead of Great Britain's Davis Cup tie against Belgium. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, more at seven o'clock.
become obsessed. Oh, look, there's a blog about the. Uh, oh, look at this blog, the Isle of Deserted Pop Stars. Oh. I become obsessed with the poppies, which is them, uh, and the uh, that song, which I I loved. I remember it being like a top twenty hit. Um, in the early 90s. I don't remember it at all. Well, no, because it wasn't. It was. No, it got to number 83 oh, in gosh. 1993. I must be the only person uh, that remembers this, apart from um, this lovely little blog. 1993, I was 15. And probably reading a book. I was 20. And, no, I've um, kind of been 15 then, 16. I was doing something with a book. Oh, right, hang on. I was right, on, racking yeah, up something. It, the, the guy behind it... Um... The guy behind that pop group was also the guy behind the Beatles' Complete on ukulele. <laughs> Wowzers, there you go. Well, he I'm, had a lot of time in his hands. Didn't he just, didn't he just. Morning, guys. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. We're talking. Ah, now, where the, the cute... See, I think, to me... And by the way, can I just say, shame on all of you. Why? Everybody, including you, Daniel. Why me? Because, right, everybody has lied to me my whole flipping life. Everybody. Not this guy. It's gonna get Indian. Hang on. That's it. What are you scratching your armpit for? Um, I'm playing the sitar. No, sitar, sitar's that. No, I'm flipping massive. Sitar doesn't go up, right? Sitar goes. Um... I've got short arms. If I stretch out, it'd be like. You're playing sitar in the same way that some people take videos. You're doing it in portrait. Oh, man. You're supposed to do it in... No wonder um, I can't get the hang of it. Horizon. Oh. Anyway, landscape. What's this one, then? You're, that's, you're, playing a, you're sat down playing a double bass. Stand up and play it. <laughs> Stand up and it'll be like that. There you go. Anyway. Oh, that makes it a lot easier. Thanks. Everybody's been lying to me my whole life, right? Mm. Oh, don't buy fireworks from shops. They're rubbish. They're rubbish. Don't buy fireworks. We waste some money for it. Last, it'll last five minutes and be rubbish. They're it'll be disappointing. Dear, though, they are dear. No, no, yeah. no. Yeah. I spent fifty-six quid on fireworks. Dear, right? that's dear. Oh, is it? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. I used half of them. We had a good twenty minutes in the back garden. And then you let the fireworks Not included- off. <laughs> Not including the time I spent setting up my firework display. Did you have a biscuit tin? No, you don't get biscuit tins anymore. Why? I said I had a Tesco carrier bag. Not including that I spent a long time setting them up in the... the Milk the... bottle? No, 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 you get a thing, you get a plastic thing to put the rockets in. A launcher. And I, I set it all out, a nice little display. I was going to start with the small ones, end with the big ones. 20 minutes, it was flipping... Br- we only used half of them. We kept the other half for the boys' birthdays in January. It was brilliant. First ones. Little fizzle, fizzle. That was it. All right, that was exciting. Rockets. Boom! Light another rocket, Ian. Go! Light another one! Go! Light it! Go! Stand back! Were you lighting them and walking casually back in a Bruce Willis explosion style, or were you legging it? I was legging it, and I was in boots on wet grass. (gasps) Very dangerous. Potentially hazardous. Potentially hazardous. It was... Listen, everyone that says don't buy shop-bought fireworks is a lie. I'm glad my neighbours did. We've gone for now. I got a round of applause from the next door neighbours. Yeah, sixty quid we didn't have to spend. A round of applause. Well, no, okay. I spent thirty. It was thirty quid for twenty minutes fun. Even the fella in the shop when I was queuing up, she had to get an adult to go and unlock the box, and the fella's going, "I won't buy them, mate. I'll get them from the, I'll get them from one of them dodgy shops." Yeah. You know, I, I won't say exactly what he said. He said. Cheap. Wow. Yeah, he said that. 
Um, so, I'm glad you uh, closed the fade because I was about to say something really rude and I didn't mean to. Okay. Uh, I got these fireworks. They were flipping. It was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. Okay. We had the time of our lives. The boys loved it. I felt powerful. It was amazing. I've got, um, I actually recorded some of the, um, I recorded some of the fireworks. Do you want to hear it? No. Oh. I've heard a firework before, though. Oh, okay. You don't want to... Uh, okay. Well, I, I recorded some of the uh, the firework display. Hang on, here we go. Here we go. It's a little... Uh, it's a little on the computer here. Here we go. This is the firework display in my back garden. It's my back garden, Saturday night. You can kind of work out where I live if you listen carefully. The Houses of Parliament. <laughs> no, this is, honestly, my back garden, Saturday night, this is it, this is it. I skipped forward a bit, it went on for ages. Right. Yeah. Oh, and you've got some music queued up as well. Yeah, I did a little mix mixtape. London calling. This is London calling. I did a little mixtape. Yeah. Just, it's just and then, it's a bit of a special very quietly next door, there was... You, oh, you want, to hear the, you want to hear the applause at the end? Not a problem. It's this. Got bit, it got a bit trancey. <laughs> it did, didn't it? Here we go. Here we go. Get, get ready for the applause, guys. Here comes the applause. Gosh, that looks like an H-bomb. Yep. Applause. The whole street. Silence. Then it went nuts. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Aww. It was honestly everyone who says that, that homemade fireworks. Uh, homemade. homemade. <laughs> oh, ISIS. Anyone who says that um, shop bought fireworks are rubbish is a liar. But, oh, it was brilliant, Kath. It was brilliant. And said you don't get long when you set when you because we had the kitchen lighter, but that kept going out. Something I was just doing it with the lighter with the flame, my massive. You know, you take the top off and you keep spinning the wheel around until it, so it gets goes massive, to yeah. a massive flame. You don't get long. You like that fuse? <laughs> you don't. You like that fuse? You better get out of there, because you are using trouble. Brilliant fun, great time. I, I, do you know what? I, do you know what I was creating on Saturday night? A mess. I've tidied it all up. Like we, had a bucket, we had a bucket of water nearby. Airborne litter. Don't know what we're gonna do. There was a bit when it went close to the tree. I was thinking, oh flipping heck! And like, everyone's applauding. I'm going, oh please don't go near the flipping tree. Um, do you know what I was creating? Do you know what I was, let's try him. Do you know what I was creating, Daniel? Fun. Memories. 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 You don't. You haven't got any memories yet. You're a baby. She's got memories. She's she's back, she's, she's so old. She's losing her memories. That's all I've got memories now. Um, I was creating memories. Oh dear. Creating memories. And 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 thank you. You're welcome, dear listener, because I've just shared those memories with you. I've created memories for you. Those memories I'm, are all over you now. Yeah. Yeah. Memories. You're covered in memories. Wipe yourself down. There are too many. Look at those. Look at the state of you. You're covered in memories. Go upstairs. Wipe that off. Get into bed. We'll talk about this in the morning, young lady. Filthy. Love memories. Do you want some... Um... Wait, I'm done. The, the fireworks um, uh, piece is done. Can I make I you a new memory? Mind, I wouldn't mind a little bit of feedback on it. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, mm. you don't have to go on about explosions. Wow. In terms of uh, Vivas, this is this is a tough one, but I'm going with it. I, I, more? <laughs> I want to improve, so I don't mind. All right. More? Also, I mean, in terms of um, sound effects, mm? 
you are to telling stories, what Brian Blessed is to telling stories. In other words, a massive liar. Have you got, have you got his story there about his Picasso? <laughs> no, but I read it over the weekend. He's, 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 he's just going for broke now, isn't he? He's saying, I threw away a Picasso worth fifteen million pounds. He's literally <laughs> just made that story up. Apparently, when he was twelve, he met Picasso and he said, "Prove your Picasso, draw a picture." So Picasso drew him a picture, and I can tell what that is. You're not Picasso. So he threw it away. It's now worth £15 million. All right, all right Brian. Chinny Recon. Tell us that story about licking the baby clean again. Alan, but he licked a baby clean and then <laughs> threw away £50 million. Are you going to earn your keep today, or am I going to have to keep... Yeah, but I'm looking at timing. Oh, well done, well done! Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are delays on the M1 southbound because the lane's blocked between Junction 15 for Northampton and 14 for Milton Keynes after an accident involving two cars. And there's also queues from Junction 13 for Bedford towards 12 for Flittick because of an accident that happened there earlier, but all the lanes are back open again. On the A1M southbound, we've had reports of an accident between Junction 9 for Letchworth and 8 for Hitchin. And on the M25 anti-clockwise, it's busier than usual between Junction 22 for St Albans and 19 for Watford. It's also slow at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout and Great North and trains have 10 minute delays between Oakley Park and Alexandra Palace because of a signalling problem. So expecting all the trains running through those stations. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you so much. Dear listener, um, Catherine, who just mocked me, uh, <laughs> it turns out that she had not shared her fireworks story. So I, I was going, off air I was going, seriously, Catherine, it's brilliant. The boys are out there in their pyjamas and their dressing gowns and their wellies. We had a great time. And you said... <laughs> My kids are saying, oh, mummy, have we not got any fireworks? I went, yes, we have. <laughs> For their pudding that night, they had a chocolate mousse with a sparkler stuck in Thank it. Thank you very much indeed. There we go, you see. <laughs> That's got to be health and, and safety. they were terrified. I bet they were. Any fireworks? Yeah, me and Daddy are going to have a round a little bit, so shut up and sit back. <laughs> 6.45, these are your headlines. EasyJet is planning another rescue flight today to bring back stranded passengers from Sharm el-Sheikh. There are calls for Wickham Council to start taking Syrian refugees. And Chesham United caused a massive shock in the FA Cup when they beat Bristol Rovers. I don't know who any of those people are at all. Here's the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. For some of us, it's a bright start this morning. Our weather watcher, Wiggy Nick, has posted a picture up in Wigington and you can see the sun just coming up. It's really beautiful, the sunrise, but this brightness isn't going to last forever and the clouds moving in from the west, along with it an increasing southwesterly breeze pushing the cloud towards us. So it is going to become rather grey eventually and uh, the wind quite strong. Maximum temperature 14 Celsius, mostly dry. You may just feel a spot or two of rain in the cloud or in the air, but nothing too significant. Now, overnight tonight, it remains mild. Temperatures barely dropping down at all. Many places staying exactly the same temperature as today, but uh, minimum at its best, 11 Celsius, but most places staying around 13. So overnight, again, predominantly dry. Maybe a little bit of rain over higher ground, the Chilterns, the Downs, for example, but most places remaining dry. Still quite breezy overnight as well. And into tomorrow, mild start tomorrow. Remaining mild through the day. Temperatures at 16 Celsius by the end of it. Some bright spells and again, a bit of a breeze. That's your forecast.
That's Japan. What you got in the papers, girl? Oh, right, here we go. A yep. dog rescue centre is looking for a family who can speak with a French accent to take in one of its strays. Uh, I can speak with your French accent. What would you like me to say to the dog? Would you like to go for a walkies? Archie, the Jack Russell that only responds to commands in French accent after volunteer Marie-Hélène Leone from Savoie oh. in the Alps spent oh. months nursing him in Harefield, West London. Marie-Hélène She said, Archie has improved a lot, so other oh, staff no, use the accent with him. <clears throat> You're right. You can't. You can't do that. That's what? not. That's not fair. All right. Okay. Well, I'll change the story. Right. Okay. Go. Here's one that will take completely cool your ardour. Yeah, how did you know? The smell of flatulence could help stave off cancer, strokes, heart attacks, and dementia, as well as your partner, say st- scientists. Can I just? Can I just? This is. I just for a second. You lost my attention because I'm considering playing this song. <laughs> Just, What's to consider? I mean, I don't know where it goes from there. Let me just let's just jump in thirty seconds and see where we are. It's tempting. It's tempting. Mm. Go on, go on, carry on. Continue, continue, Avu. The smell of flatulence could help stave off cancer, strokes, heart attacks, and oh, dementia. Oh, you are talking literally out of your bum. How if that is was it? true, old people wouldn't have those if that things. Was, if that was true, then the NHS would get rid of all of their chemo wards and just have Dutch ovens. <laughs> So it's not true. It's not true. That's what hospitals smell of. Why are there so many sick people in there? Exactly, for crying out loud. Hydrogen sulphide. You'd have to be sick to make something like that. Blimey, outside with you, boys. <laughs> Get a load of dogs in. Hydrogen sulphide produced by breaking wind oh, dear. is one of a number of potent smelly gases produced by bacteria. <laughs> You've got a smelly gas. Oh, dear. Toxic in large doses. Tell me about it. Yeah. In tiny amounts, it helps protect cells and fight illness, according to researchers, filthy devils. Mm. The team at Exeter University, I bet you can tell who they are without even opening your eyes, yeah, yeah, yeah. have made a new compound, AP39, oh, to help the body produce just the right amount of hydrogen sulphide to safeguard cells. So it- you'll be well, but you'll stink... Oh, speaking of stinks, you know you um, got me that that nail through the finger, the, the yeah. classic nail through the finger. Oh, I've put a nail through my finger. Did you gave me that? The, the, the youngest. It's only a lenses. It's mine. Oh, it's gone now. Oh, I might be in my pocket actually. Uh, anyway, you're not having it. The oldest went. Well, that's fake. Uh, the youngest, his face went grey. He looked heartbroken, and he just dropped it, lowered his head, and slowly walked out, and wouldn't come and talk to me for twenty minutes. I had to explain it was a trick. Once he got it, it was a trick, and I said, nice. and there are loads of things like this. He went. Can we buy them? I spent twenty. <laughs> Can we buy them? I spent twenty minutes in a joke shop. A joke shop. Twenty minutes comparing poos. <laughs> we were which poo do you think looks the best? You and Gillian McKeith. We bought um, uh, poos. We bought a fake slug. Good luck having breakfast this morning, family. We bought chewing gum. When you pull it out, it squirts water at you. Oh. Um, we bought a fart whistle, but that they've lost that. Um, oh. Oh, turned up at their grandmums, we, uh, grandmothers. We all had bloody noses, fake blood. <gasps> we were just there with bloody noses. What'd she say? She was, she was. Oh, well, she, she was Greek. I won't do the accent. Oh, pop, 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 pop. What? We gotta go to the hospital again. Pop, 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 pop. It means, it means, oh bloody hell. Really? The granddad, who's a doctor, went just, just pinch your nose and uh, just pinch your nose and it'll stop. Yeah, don't tilt back. You I went. Uh, some doctor, you are fake. <laughs> Fake. <laughs> it was brilliant. The fake blood's brilliant because it's it's clammy. It's sticky. So you just dab it on your nose. I'll bring it in tomorrow. We'll have we'll have so much fun. Gosh. Yeah, I'm gonna do something with my eyes. I'm gonna cry blood bloody tears. Not swearing. I'm gonna line the floor and have it come out of my ear. 
The blood. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Danny, where would you like to be bleeding? I'm not even going to... No. <laughs> I'm not even going to... Do you want to do one more? And I'll play an annoying no, Japanese song. No, I haven't got any more. Oh, this then. Oh. Hang on. Oh, here we go. Here we go. As a memory. music for your afternoon. I'm sorry, I can't. I was getting so with the sidetrack. I didn't see you there, boss. How you doing, fella? Yeah, well, I was all right until you just played that. That that doesn't come under the music to make lunch to banner. <laughs> let me just, let me just, let me just. I have to. Um, hang on, let me just. What just is me, it? You might have been eating skittles. Music no? to make lunch to. No, it is. <laughs> Thank you. 
That's plus tech squeeze box, of course. I'm surprised you have to ask. I thought you knew everything. Well, <laughs> thankfully, I know little about that. <laughs> dealy, dealy, dealy. You've you not got a package for us now, have you? Uh, no, 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 okay, no package good, good, yet. No. Okay, good, good, good. You know the way the screens are set up here. Sometimes it's hard for me to know. Um, I think let's let's instigate a system where when Dealey's up ready to go, just give me a little click in the ear. Little click in the ear. Is that a right, red guys? light? Maybe red light. Yeah, well, red. Where they going? What? Like a laser light? Yeah, yeah. They go straight hey, into your do you eyes. Do you, do you remember there was a fashion at firing those at um, airplane pilots? Wasn't it? Yeah. I can't believe they reached that high. One of my neighbour's kids kept shining it into my bathroom. That wasn't um, a laser pen. That was a camera. <laughs> well, he deserves what he saw. Dealy, 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 dealy. <laughs> yeah. Always in the slowest queue at the checkout. Here's why. If you always find other till queues move faster than yours, you're not alone. I don't want to go into a bad stand-up routine, but you stand in one queue, you see the other. I have the same thing with when I'm driving. You're stuck in traffic, the other lane's moving, so you move into that, and then that slows Petrol down. Petrol pumps the same, isn't it? No. Mm, yeah. But it's not that you're making the wrong choice on each occasion. One expert argues the problem lies elsewhere in how your brain perceives time. Perceives time. I haven't got the effect. We're late. S Sammy, we're, we're going to be late for travel, Sammy. Is that all right? Oh, OK, then. Well, are we late, or is it just the way you perceive time? <laughs> you see? Um, according to a new book... Now, this book, to me, sounds flippant... Boring. Brilliant. Boring. Why does the other line always move faster? I want this guy on the show. I want the author of this book on the show. Might give us some freebies. But then I still want you to buy me a birthday present worth £10. We, a Christmas present. We experience time differently when engaged in a task. So when shoppers pick the fastest line, they fail to notice because they're too busy packing up bags and paying. But while... Basically, what it says, Justin, is... Thou must go out and do a Vox on the best and indeed the worst uh, excuse. Can you do that? Uh, do you know what? I think we're going to get some uh, bizarre stories. Classic. Um, maybe some good stories. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go onto the streets right now. Best and worst cues. Dearly, speak to you a little bit. Cheers, my dear. Thank you very much. Sammy, thank you for your patience. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are queues on the M1 southbound because of an accident earlier at Junction 12 for Flittick and it's causing a delay from Junction 13 for Bedford but all the lanes are back open and the other accident that was southbound between Junction 15 for Northampton and 14 for Milton Keynes has now been cleared out of the way and it's moving fine. In Watford on the M25 spur anti-clockwise is busier than usual between the Hunton Bridge roundabout and the M25. Smart the breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you. Thank you for your patience. So then, uh, best and indeed the worst cues. 03459 Oh, remind me to tell you about the bus driver and the poppy parade as well. I must mention that, must mention that. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock. I'm Liak New. The headlines. EasyJet plans more rescue flights from Sharm, calls for Wickham to start accepting refugees, and a Bedford woman appeals to find her daughter. BBC Three Counties Radio. EasyJet is planning to fly another plane out to Sharm el-Sheikh today to rescue holidaymakers stuck in the Egyptian resort. The Luton-based airline says it still has more than 2,500 passengers who've been unable to return home. Meanwhile, the Foreign Secretary Philip Hammond has warned that airport security around the world may have to be overhauled. The travel writer Simon Calder explained what that might mean. There would be lots of intelligent stuff going on in the background, lots of high-tech solutions, but also some pretty rudimentary measures which actually already happen in some parts of the world, and they would include, for example, excluding anybody who is not a ticketed passenger, a member of staff, from getting anywhere near an airport. 
Community groups and religious leaders in High Wycombe have signed a statement urging the council to accept a number of Syrian refugees. It calls on the council to play its part in accepting an appropriate number of refugees as soon as practically possible. Ollie Bayliss reports. Among others, the statement has been backed by Reverend Hugh Ellis of the All Saints Church and the chair of Wycombe Islamic Society, Rafi Shafi. Some councils have already said they're willing to accept people fleeing Syria. Bedford Borough Council has said it could find homes for 100 refugees over the next five years. Milton Keynes has offered to help 20 refugee families. Police are investigating a serious sexual assault on an 18-year-old woman in Aylesbury. The attack took place in Buckingham Street early on Saturday morning. The man police want to speak to is white in his late 20s to early 30s with short curly light brown hair. He was wearing a dark top with the sleeves rolled up. A woman from Bedford who was forced to give her daughter up for adoption in 1964 is appealing for help to find her. Carol Long, who now lives in America, gave birth while living at a home for unmarried mothers and hopes to find Adelaide 51 years later. She says she remembers the moment she was taken. I watched out an upstairs window. I was upstairs in the house and right underneath the window was the garden path and I watched her as they took her down, put her in the car. You know, it's been such a long time ago. I know I sobbed my eyes out. and I never forget her since, and I'm, I'm determined that I'm going to find her. In sport, Chesham United caused the biggest upset in the first round of the FA Cup, beating Bristol Rovers 1-0. Ryan Blake was the hero of the afternoon, scoring for the Southern League Premier Division side, who was 75 places below Bristol in the league. Elsewhere, it was a comfortable victory for Wickham, beating Halifax 4-0. The weather will be mild and mainly dry, with some bright and sunny spells today. Top temperatures around 14 degrees Celsius, 57 degrees Fahrenheit. You can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk UK slash three counties. Thank you very much indeed, Lee. So, uh, best and worst cues, any cue story, even if it's the letter cue, do you know what? I'll take anything right now. I'm desperate. Oh, three, four, my, my fault. I should have gone just then. I had three minutes. Oh, three, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Um, and there's, uh, there's, there's a cracking bit of film. I, now, we didn't post it on the Facebook page. The Facebook page, as you know, is a mystery to me, dear listeners. Can we pull it off? Catherine, can we pull it off and put it on? Do we? I don't know. I, we, I think the, that's what Lee Agnew was trying to do this morning. Can, I'll uh, have I a look. See, 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 we can pull it off and put it on because it's um, uh, it, it, it's um, it's a. Uh, oh, and the reason we're not doing the story about that club not letting people in with poppies in because we don't know if it's true or not. We've just heard it. You know, it, it came from a, a, a bloke who's a master of manipulation and bullshine. And we've checked it out and we've not been able to find if it's true or not. That's why we're not doing that story, well, isn't it? Well, um, someone that I follow tweeted about it and I've said to her, if she was there, she needs to give us a ring. Yeah, we've had loads of people saying, I hope you're going to do that story. I, I look forward to hearing you do that story. I want someone hey, who was there. Hey, hey, buddy, you don't set the agenda, we do. And do you know what? We're not Sky. We like to get the facts right. We like to get the facts and we yeah. don't listen to uh, the, the, the words from a that muppet. So... If you were there, let us know. It was a nightclub where apparently they weren't letting people with poppies But if you in. just heard about it, that's... Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you've just read some idiot's vile... Oh, t- oh hang on. There we go. Hang on there. <laughs> Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC you just read some Counties idiot's timeline. That don't, don't count. I had, um, in the podcast last week, best of podcast, uh, we had the gentleman who was um, a born-again Christian who'd got the boot from his job as a gardener. No guest? My headpiece is, my headset isn't working. So what's that got to do with me? So she can't hear me, she just put the phone down on me. How rude of you. <laughs> um, 
can I talk to you? You can talk to me now, yeah. No, do you want to speak to you? you want to get the guest up? I'm going to try. All right, you get the guest up. So we, we had the uh, the born-again Christian guy who um, got the boot from his job. He's a gardener, but he was doing a little bit of preaching as well, and he was, he was preaching horrible, homophobic um, n- n- nastiness, hatred. And if it had been a Muslim preacher preaching hatred, we'd all be like, yes, ban this sick filth. But he's a Christian, so some people are going, well, we should, it's in the Bible, so we should be allowed. So some hatred is okay, some isn't. All right, fair enough. I think, I think, and we need to check this as well, Catherine, I think that Christian gentleman lost the appeal. Again, I read it on Twitter, so I don't know. So we'll look into that, right? Um, But it was in the podcast. Out come the weirdos, Mm. out come the people. Someone accused me of, uh, someone said, that, and I didn't know what he was talking about because he didn't reference it. It was only when I got to start getting other hatred. Um, that's yeah. the worst interview. Well done, Ian. You, you've just conducted the worst interview I've ever heard. Still, an excellent example of Orwellian newspeak. I don't know what that means. Thank you very much indeed. Orwells that ends wells. Uh, then I had another one. So New, blo- newspeak or news speak? New, Orwellian newspeak. So I blocked him. Came out with another Twitter account. Oh, blocked by Ian Lee. Who, um, who's guilty of what he accused the other person of? Hatred. Am I a bigot? And I, you know what my reply was going to be. I don't know if you're a bigot, but I know that you're a crisp. But I didn't. I stopped myself. Hmm. And then I had someone else having a... I, I blocked them all. I'm not engaging with these, these people anymore. And, and I had like four or five people having a go at me just because I put a homophobe in his place. Hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't know what is terribly wrong with that. Since I've, since I've watched the trip, I can't stop doing voices. The problem is I can't really start doing voices because I can't do any voices. So, give me a voice. Give me a voice. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, hang on. Uh, <clears throat> what about um, whose mind is too tiny to be allowed out on its own? No, no, no. no. I mean, you give me a voice to do, not you try. Not all you right, embarrass yourself. Um, all right. Uh, do um, do Elvis Presley. Oh, give me a difficult. Well, I thought you wore. Gosh, that's really good. Oh, Priscilla Presley. Who's my wife? Right. Okay. Don't tell my wife. Uh, Okay, um, how about you do uh, a Ronnie Corbett? I was talking to the producer, and I was sitting in my tiny little chair. How about you do Ronnie Corbett? I, I think that's rude. Um, oh three four five nine four double five five double five. That wasn't what I was going to talk about. Oh, the, the, we'll talk about the poppy busting in a minute. I don't necessarily see a problem with it, but you'll all. But you're all going to think you're outraged. We'll see if we can get that. Uh, one thing at a time. Focus. In 1964, an 18-year-old, Car- 18-year-old Carol Long found herself pregnant. She was put into an unmarried mother's home in Bedford by her family. They said she'd brought shame on the family and was forced to put her doctor Adelaine up for adoption. Well, 51 years uh, later, she's hoping to find her and has put an appeal on Facebook for help. Julia Feast is an adoption search and reunion specialist. Um, morning, Julia. Good morning, Ian. I'm not even going to attempt to say the name of the charity. I'm going to let you do it so I don't get oh, it wrong. Yeah, What's yeah. The, what? so, so I work for Coram Bath. Coram Bath. Yeah, that's right. OK, um, and what do Coram Bath do? Well, Coram Bath, we do many things uh, uh, to do with fostering and adoption and various projects, but one of them is, is really helping people who have adoption search and reunion issues, people are trying to find relatives... Uh, that they've lost contact with. Uh, not, we don't actually provide the direct service, but we can signpost people to yeah. places where they can get the service. I would have thought, uh, and I, maybe I'm being incredibly naive, with, like, you know, Yahoo and Ask Jeeves and Facebook and all that, I would have thought it would have been relatively easy these days to find it people. It isn't easy if you don't know the person's name. And, oh. and obviously, you know, yes. Adelaide's now got a new name because she was ado- adopted. 
But, I mean, Carol needs to know that there are services out there and she doesn't really need to do this. She can go through an agency that will help her locate Adelaide and, and to find if Adelaide wants to have contact. Does it cost money? It does. I mean, the law changed in 2005, which gave birth relatives like Carol the right to house for an intermediary service so that she can locate the daughter that was adopted. Mm. And um, local, some local authorities will provide the services and other voluntary adoption agencies, but there are also other private agencies, and it does cost money. But some local authorities uh, will provide a free service and some voluntary agencies. But it's a hit and miss, and it's not good enough. You know, we really need to have a service that everyone can access. Um... I, I, does it make it? Does it change her rights now that she lives in America? No, she can still approach the agency that placed Adelaide for adoption, and and we have the Poor and Bath has our adoption search for union website, and Carol can go on there. Anyone can go on there to try and locate where the records will be. I'm not. There's not confidential information. Don't get me wrong, but they have a a, a database that shows all the mother and baby homes, and and which agencies use those mother and baby homes, and where the records might be. So. I can give Carol some direct advice that will maybe help her get the service she hey, needs. Fantastic. Well, we'll definitely put you to in touch if that's okay. How um, common is it for the uh, adopted child to, you know, kind of get, I don't know what it would be, like a letter or an email or a phone call saying, um, we've got your mum, your, your birth mum, and the, the, the child, you know, it would be an adult, goes, yeah, I'm not interested. Does, does that happen? Of course, it happens both ways round. Actually, some people want contact, and some people don't. But what's really important is that you do have that intermediary that that makes that contact. Mm. So the person's not, you know, having to deal with directly with that person straight away because they may not have time to think and, and through about what they feel about this sort of contact and the implications it's going to have for them and their family. So it's really important they have some professional input to help them make contact with one another. And must be, um, uh, um, must be. I, I imagine it might be tricky as well for the adoptive parents to, you know, they, they go 18, 20, 30 years and then suddenly, you know, original mum and dad pops up. Yeah, it can must be, be a lot of feelings and emotions going on. Absolutely, there are. And a few years ago, we published a study and looked at the adoptive parents' perspective of search and reunion. And many of them did describe feeling really frightened when their own son or daughter was about to, to make an approach. But the research showed that actually it was a very good thing because the adoptive person would know all the lovely qualities they get from their adoptive parents and also the qualities they get from their birth family. It helped them sort of move on and they understand who they are and what makes them tick. Uh, Juliet, we will put you uh, in touch with Carol if, if you're OK with that, but if people want to find out more about Coram Bath, how, how do they do that? If they, well, they can go to the Coram Bath website, uh, but they could also look on the uh, Adoption Search for Union website and it's www.adoptionsearchforunion.org.uk. Okay, brilliant. Listen, we're gonna. I'm just. I'm just speaking to my team. We're gonna yeah. put you back to. You speak to Catherine or Danny, and we're gonna put you back in, in in touch with Carol. Thank you very much for that, Julia. I appreciate that, Julia Feast, adoption, adoption, search and reunion specialist uh, with Coram Bath. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Um, right. So, yeah. So there's a clip on the Facebook page. I don't know how to work. I don't know if flipping work Facebook. Certainly not this one. Um, and we, uh, we, we, um, we are, I think we're supposed to be outraged by it, right? What it is, it's, um, a, 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 pop, a, a Remembrance Day parade. Sorry, I'm, I'm fiddling them out trying to find it while I'm talking to you. It's a Remembrance Day parade, right? 
And um, where about is, is it, uh, Catherine? I'm explaining this terribly. Have you seen it? I've seen the video. Yeah. Okay. Over so, your shoulder. It, okay. So explain what it is. It's a bus trying to get through, isn't it? Yeah, when they're, they're stood still at 11 past 11. Right. And they're, they're, they're stood still. And, and from what I could see, the police were trying to stop them from do, from moving forward. Mm. And the, the commentary of the, uh, the the footage is a woman going, that is disgusting, that's absolutely disgusting. And you see one or two gentlemen going up to the bus driver to, um, to um, have a word. I don't think it's that out of order. I don't think it's that out of order that um, a bus is well, continuing... Was she annoyed that the police were talking, though? I don't no, she was annoyed that the bus was attempting to... She, she made sure, put a point of filming the number plate. I want to okay. make sure I get the number plate. Um, uh, and the annoyance is directed at the bus driver for not um, pulling over. Now, here's the thing. I think I took someone's car parking space at 11 minutes past 11, or thence about on Sunday, because I was driving in a very busy car park, very busy, and then the couple of cars in front of me stopped. I just assumed, I wasn't aware of the time, because you've got kids in the back mm. of the car, you know, life goes on, I'm afraid. Um, and I thought <clears throat> they'd stop because they were waiting for a car to pull out. So I overtook them, yeah. went down the end of the line, got a car parking space, and then as I, as I got out... One of the cars, the driver gave me the filthiest, filthiest scowl. Oh, so you dropped a clanger. I think I had. I think I did that. I, I think it must have been 11 past 11. It kind of tallies in. I mean, are you supposed to stop your cars? I mean... That can't be safe. I'm on the M25. Exactly. I was going to say, what, what, what's the line? I mean, I think if there's you know, Remembrance Parade happening in front of you, yeah, and then of course you give way to that, but... I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have stopped. The comment on on the face, on our Facebook pages. Uh, it's been posted by David Griffith. This is quite hard to see how someone could have blatantly ignored the police and the two minute silence. Well, I mean, yeah, and the, 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 the footage there from James Vincent is having watched the air cadets. Uh, here we go. Having watched the air cadets, army cadets, beavers, cubs, rainbows, rainbows, yep. brownies, guides, Hollywell School, etc., proudly parade through the village of Cranfield, the last post starts to play before we enter our minute silence. And this disgusting British bus driver does this. How sad. What? He does his job. He does his job. It's his job is to drive buses. They're on a really tight schedule. If they hadn't closed the road properly, that's not his fault, is it? I don't have a problem with a bus driver continuing to do his job during that. Uh, okay, the thing might be that there is, there is, you know, people have st stood still in remembrance. I'm standing on the pavement. I don't know. We're supposed to be outraged at that. I'm not outraged at that at all. Maybe it's a generational thing. It looks like thing. a cock-up to me of some description. 03-459-455-555. We'll see if we can get it on the Facebook page. If not, if you go to... Um, 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 hang on. So you click on the BBC Three Counties link. Right, hang on a second. I'm it's doing on... It. Um... Yeah, hang on, hang on, hang on. You, then you go to uh, Visitor's Post. It's yeah. the first one from David. Visitor's Post from David Griffith. Have a look at that and see if you're outraged. Because personally, it's clumsy, it's awkward, but... Outraged? I don't think so. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are queues on the M1 southbound from Junction 13 for Bedford towards Milton Keynes South because of an accident that happened earlier this morning at Junction 12 for Flissick. And the M25 anti-clockwise is very busy from Junction 22 for St Albans to 19 for Watford. And nearby in Watford on the M25 spur anti-clockwise is much busier than usual too from the A41 at the Hunton Bridge roundabout. On the St Albans Road in Watford in both directions that's been partially blocked by a building fire between the Bushy Mill Lane and the Gammons Lane. And in Hartford on 4th Street that's closed 
in both directions between Parliament Square and Ware Road because of a police incident. It's also affecting Market Street between Railway Street and Four Street. On the trains, Great Northern have delays of 10 minutes between Oakley Park and Alexandra Palace because of a signalling problem. Smart the Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Ah, Alexandra Palace. I saw the kinks there, supported by Voice of the Beehive, the four of us, and Squeeze. I was 15 years old. I went on my own. It was lonely. I wore one of my granddad's jackets, actually, and it was a bit too tight. And when I was rocking out, doing the fist pump in the air, I split the back of the jacket. There we go, there we go. I also recorded it on a... I had a recordable Walkman, and I was recording it, but I only had one C90 tape. Well... I had to keep taping over bits. It was ridiculous. Anyway, don't need to know about that. 7.18, Monday the 9th of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Luton-based EasyJet is planning to bring back hundreds more holiday holiday makers on a rescue flight from Sharm el-Sheikh today. A woman from Bedford is appealing for help to find her daughter more than 50 years after she was taken from her. And Chesham United are in tonight's FA Cup draw after a shock win against Bristol Rovers. Brizzle. Ladies and gentlemen, today we'll be taking you on a journey through the last 20 years, which should take approximately four hours. Unfortunately, there's no duty-free available on the flight today, but don't let that spoil your fun. Enjoy your flight. On Tuesday, one of Bedfordshire's biggest businesses celebrates its 20th birthday. Good morning, welcome to EasyJet. Can I have your passport and your boarding passes, please? And I'll be live from the heart of their operations at Luton Airport, finding out why they chose Luton as their base from the very start and what they've got planned for the future. We can see Luton being the airport of the future for EasyJet and we want to make Luton Airport, you know, one of the leading airports in the UK. EasyJet's 20th birthday, Tuesday from 3, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Community groups and religious leaders in High Wycombe have signed a statement urging the council to accept a number of Syrian refugees. The statement calls on the council to play its part in accepting an appropriate number of Syrian refugees as soon as practically possible. Some of our other councils have already said they're willing to accept people fleeing the country. Well, John Bajina is the chair of Wickham 38 Degrees, the organisation behind the statement. How many people should Wickham be taking, John? Good morning. We are saying uh, we should take... 50, or we should consider taking 50. Other groups, uh, some groups are saying as high as 200. Where are they going to go? There are places available. Um, we know that we've got uh, departments at local authority that are dedicated to housing, and we want all options considered in a mature manner, of course. Yeah. We're not talking about... Uh, where are they going to go? How do you mean where are they going to go? Well, you mean g- in terms of housing? Yeah, where are they going to go? There are several options that even we, as an amateur group, have thought of and put forward to the council. For example? For example, army barracks. Where are the soldiers going to go? The soldiers are... I mean, we know that there are a lot of army barracks which are fallow, which are not being used... Um, and now we we have to consider that refugees would accept housing, which is by our standard um, less homely than our own people will do. So, how many spaces are there in these army barracks? And do you really think that army barracks are suitable for kids? It would have to be until the refugees find their feet, find their homes, uh, start earning money for themselves. What, what homes are they going to find? 
What jobs? No, what, 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 home, what, home, what, what homes are they going to find? Everyday, ordinary homes. Right, how are they going to... Well, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Yeah. But we, we have a massive housing problem here already, don't we? We do. With people who can't find homes. So just throwing more people into the mix... Yes. I just wonder where all these homes are going to come from, John. There are ways and means... Tell me. ...of housing people. Tell me. We will very happily concede that we are not the experts. No. We are trying to help. OK. Tell, you just said there are ways and means. Tell me. We've mentioned army barracks. Right, but then you said they go off and find their own real homes. I, I, after, I, yeah, after, after that. Yeah. I don't, there will be some people listening, John... Who, um, you know, a family of, of five living in a one-bed bed property or family of three in a B&B who can't get jobs and who can't get homes will go, yeah, right, all well and good, but what about me? Yes. Those family, I would respectfully suggest to you that a family living uh, and wanting a perfect place to live in, which is quite right too, there's no, no issues there, they're not exactly living in mud, are they? They're not exactly going starving. They're not exactly uh, living under conditions which are inhuman. It's, it's interesting. You're making me not want to take any refugees. <laughs> um, but you know, but but there are you know we know that there are families of three, four. We know there's a family of I think three or four living in a blooming service station. Tell me, are we then to say, sorry, we can do nothing about this and no, no, leave no, but, them but, but, out there to what? live there in the jungle? Are the we jungle? going to leave them to live in the, in the squalors what? or in Lesbos? Are we going to leave what? them to live... Very nice in Lesbos. No, the, the conditions are dreadful for these refugees out there. Yeah, I know. But, 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 but what are you going to say to that family that's living in a service station? Or that family that's um, been in a and b for six months? I'm sorry, or I don't that... know about this service station. Well, I'm telling you about it. Well, or, or, tell that you. Bloke, or that bloke that hasn't been able to get a job for three years and he's having to kip on people's sofas. Or that woman that lives by the train station. Or that blo- you know, that family where they, the kids live with the grandparents because the parents can't afford to look after them. Yeah, what would you say to those cu- families? I'm quite curious that when these cases get flagged up and there's a hoo-ha in the paper or the, or the radio, all of a sudden... Council finds places for No, them. they don't, John. What yes, fantasy do. world do you... No, they don't, John. What we fantasy world are you living in? Of this sort of thing. What, what, what fantasy case, world can, are you living in where, where, when there's a hoo-ha in the newspaper, these things get sorted out? Yeah. Maybe come back, please, to the humanitarian problem Well, here. no, because, the thi- because it is all linked, John, and you're living in cloud cuckoo land if you think that these, that the, these things get sorted out when they come on the radio. We talk to people, you know, uh, like we, we speak to them, then we'll speak to them a year later and their situation's got no better. What would you say to the families that can't get work, that can't find somewhere to live, and then they perceive, rightly or wrongly, that refugees will be coming uh, in and, and getting priority over them? I will say to not to family. If the family qualifies for housing, I will not say anything to them. I would say to the authorities that these matters have got to be sorted out. Appropriate number of houses have got to be built. Okay. For the refugees, for example, we can look at commercial buildings, which come with currently there are a lot of commercial buildings. Why do you want to put the around. refugees in, um, I nearly saw then, in um, places that aren't very nice? They're not, because they're much, much better than the conditions they're in with at the moment. 
But you want to you want to put them in barracks and like what did you say like an old office or something? Yes, commercial properties. That's generous, isn't it? It is much much better than what they've got at the moment. You want to put them in a scout hut? If it is appropriate, if it's uh, warm, what about the scouts? Just... Where are the scouts going to meet? It it sounds it yes 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 yes, yes only yes. if they're disused. We're not talking about throwing out. There are how many disused scout huts are in Wickham? I have no idea. Exactly, and that's the thing. You come from a, you're coming from a, a place of good intent, and I appreciate that. But um, you, I'm, I'm you, you don't know I've the facts. I've not heard about scout huts. Sorry, I've not heard about the idea of putting them in scout huts. Well, I think that's that's what's being suggested. I suggest you go and talk to your other members. It, you're coming from a good place, but I just think it's not it's not grounded in reality. And we need if we are going to help these people. Um, and personally, I think we should help these people. Of course, I think it's 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 a human problem. Um, if we are going to help these people, uh, we need to be grounded in reality, don't we? The reality uh, is out there on the continent at the moment. Yeah, no, the but reality the, is oof. in the jungle in Calais. The reality mm-hmm. is in Lesbos. The reality is in, in the Greek islands. This is where the reality is. There are people out there that are suffering. Now, we either roll up our sleeves and go, we've got to do our part. We've got to take a few. We're not talking about a lot. Or we we're, take, we're taking them. excuses to not to do anything about it. But we are, but we, or we address the problems like grown-ups and not like um, a bunch of fifth formers. Or we can sit back and start playing at being little Englanders and just find excuses or, not to do anything. Or, and I'm enjoying this or tennis, by the way, or we can put down our cliches and our <laughs> lazy lines and we can get into the real world and actually discuss how the problem's going to be sorted instead of just plucking ideas out of our backsides. Which is exactly what we're asking. Up to now, nobody's done anything about it. Sitting, sitting back, going. Well, well that's we not true, alone, John. The problem David, will go away. Maybe that's not Germany true. will take everybody. That's not true. David Cameron has said he's going to take X amount of 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 refugees. So that's not true. Yes, David Cameron may have said it. Yeah, so you can't just say no one said we're going to do anything. The but Prime Minister has said we're going to do something. Who in Buckinghamshire has said what? Who they will? How many they will take? How many are you taking, John? How do you mean, how many am I taking? Well, you just said, who in Buckinghamshire is going to say how many they're taking? So how many are you I'm taking? i local authorities registering oh, interest right, right. to take refugees, as has been requested. Well, I think a couple, of places, have, a couple of places have said, haven't they? I don't have the... Have yeah, 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 because we've done uh, it on the uh, show. But I, uh, yeah, in that case, I, I would like to know which, which authorities have done, and I'll upload them. OK. And all we're saying to Wickham District Council is, please consider very seriously. Okay, John, it's good talking to you. And you, sir. Thanks very much indeed. We'll speak again, I'm sure. John Bajina, chair of uh, Wickham, 38 degrees, 03459 455555. I think we should take refugees. We should take refugees. But, you know, it's all well and good saying we should take refugees. But where are you going to shove them? And you can't just shove them in substandard um, housing because um, it's better than where they are. Or maybe you can. I don't know. Maybe you can, guys. I just don't know anymore. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
On the M1 there are queues southbound from Junction 14 for Milton Keynes to 13 for Bedford because of an accident earlier at Junction 12 for Flitwick. On the M25 anti-clockwise it's very slow from Junction 12 for the M1 to 16 for the M40. And in Watford on the M25 spur anti-clockwise there are queues from the Hunton Bridge roundabout towards the M25 Junction 19 for Watford. On St Albans Road in Watford in both directions has been partially blocked because of a building fire between Bushy Mill Lane and Gammons Lane. And the A40 Western Avenue into London is very slow from the M40 at the Denham roundabout towards the Hangar Lane directory at the North Circular Road. On the trains, Great Northern have 10 minute delays between Oakley Park and Alexandra Palace and all trains calling through there because of a signalling problem. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you. Right, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Catherine has cracked it. We've discovered the password. She's put up the video of um, the Remembrance Service in Cranfield on Sunday. Have a look at it and uh, let me know if you're outraged. No, think, look at it think about it and then go tell me your second thought Are you outraged is it unfortunate is it a bloke just trying to do his job across beds hearts and bugs this is bbc's three counties radio It's half past seven. I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, EasyJet is planning to fly another plane out to Sharm el-Sheikh today to rescue holidaymakers stuck in the Egyptian resort. The Luton-based airline says it still has more than 2,500 passengers who've been unable to return home. Police are investigating a serious sexual assault on an 18-year-old woman in Aylesbury. The attack took place in Buckingham Street early on Saturday morning. And a woman from Bedford who was forced to give her daughter up for adoption in 1964 is appealing for help to find her. Carol Long, who now lives in America, gave birth while living at a home for unmarried mothers and hopes to find her daughter Adelaine 51 years later. The weather will be mild and mainly dry with some bright and sunny spells. Top temperatures around 14 degrees Celsius, 57 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Chesham United caused the biggest upset in the first round of the FA Cup, beating Bristol Rovers 1-0. Ryan Blake was the hero of the afternoon, scoring for the Southern League Premier Division side, who are 75 places below Bristol in the league. Chesham's manager Andy Lee says victory means a big payday in the second round. Financially, it probably sets us fair for this season and part of next, I would think, with the prize money and everything that flows from it. So, uh, yeah, and, and the supporters, you know, hopefully we get a few more through the gate and we move on again, but uh, we've, got the, we've got the matter of a County Cup game on Tuesday night, so I've got to get the players either up or down. I'm not sure which one, but I've got to sort them out for Tuesday night yet. Elsewhere, it was a comfortable victory for Wickham, beating Halifax 4-0. Both Luton Town and Stevenage were also in tonight's second-round draw. Stevenage beat Gillingham 3-0 at the Lamex, and boss Teddy Sheringham was pleased with how his side defended after they took the lead. You try and work out what, what they're going to do and whatever. There was a couple of little hairy moments that, and... Uh, Games can change on, on certain little times. Uh, I can remember a cross shot going right across the goal, two or three of their players sliding in, and we, we came good after that. Andy Murray lost in straight sets to Novak Djokovic in the final of the Paris Masters. It's the Serbs' 10th win over Murray in the last 11 matches. The British number one says he needs to change his approach. Novak clearly deserved to win. You know, I need to sort of go back to the drawing board and, and think what, what it is that that's been happening over the last couple of years in those sort of those sort of matches. And that's BBC Three Counties News and Sport with more at eight o'clock. All the computers gone to there we go. This is Ian Lee. How, on BBC. How unprofessional of me. I, I do 
I was trying to do three things at once, which is three things way too many for this tiny, tiny little brain of mine. It's we. There is work for anyone if you try hard enough, Ian. Just people are too picky and lazy. OK. Uh, that's a text. Thanks for that. That goes <laughs> or, out to you if you're looking for work this or, morning. Or they, you, they just want a, you know, fair wage. And they want a guarantee of work, not, um, you know, um, yeah, we, 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 you're contracted to us, but we, we, we'll be in touch next month. Mm. Any work this month? Well, we'll, we'll let you know um, the morning before. So sorry about that. Hey, I'm considering tweed. Are you? Yeah. I don't know what tweed is before I get too heavily involved okay. in this conversation. Geography teacher's jacket. Is it like speckly? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm cons- I tried on a tweed jacket at the weekend. I like them. Oh, in that case, I'm not going to get one then. I can't give a monkey's what you think. Well, why are you talking to me about it then? I don't know! Filler. All filler, no killer. The Ian Lee story. The Ian Lee story. Available now in all good... Oh, I found this brilliant... My uh, my um, iPod. This brilliant advert popped up for um, Harry Nielsen. And let me just play this. This is brilliant. This is what the 60s... This is the 60s... Oh, I've got... Wait, hang on. Aerial Pandemonium Ballet. Um... Oh, listen to this. Right. This is this is someone trying to be hip in the yeah. 60s, trying to sell a, an album that they, they just do not understand. Okay. Here it comes. RCA Records and Tapes presents the world's first biodegradable album, Harry Nilsson's Aerial Pandemonium Ballet. Here is the inventor of the biodegradable album, Dr. Toluca Banana. Thank you, Frank. I shall now... De- this isn't the one, and I'm worried that might take us somewhere, because some of this Harry Nilsson stuff's a little bit sweary. Well, yeah. Um, let me just that find- sounded definitely like a man doing a voice. <laughs> let me find it. Um, is it... Oh, where is it? Oh, this, this is it, this is it, this is it. This is Nielsen. He sings the new rock. Think about the happy times, the groovy times, now tell me they are gone. He's been traveling underground. Now he's arrived. Nielsen sings straight from the shoulder to the very hip. Dig. Everybody's talking at me. Can't hear a word they're saying. Only the echo. Nielsen's new RCA album, Aerial Ballet, is a 12 song excursion through inner space. It features songs like Good Old Desk, Mr. Tinker, and this one. Life isn't easy when two are divided and one has decided to bring down the curtain and one thing for certain there's nothing to keep them together. His name is Nielsen. His RCA album is Aerial Ballet. It's a total trip. Get on it. <laughs> get, get on it. Oh, I've got loads of these things. I need to sort of. He said these dig out. there, didn't he? Oh. Wee. Monkey's in Italian. He said dig. He did say dig. I've got loads of these things. Hang on a second. Oh, listen, this is one for the monkeys, right? This is the monkeys after the TV series is finished, and there's just three of them Mickey, Davey, and Mike. Listen to this. This is great. Oh, no, I haven't got it. I haven't got it. Again, it's that same. Your parents don't know what you're doing in your bedroom. You're listening to the monkeys. New grown up sound of the monkeys. Even your parents might dig it. It's that kind of. Even your parents might dig it's it. It's something like that. <laughs> wow. There's a, and there's a great. Oh, hang on a minute. Let me find. There's a Beach Boys one. Hang on a second. Um, oh, uh, is it? Um, is it this? Hang on a second. Hang on. Oh no. I haven't got. I haven't got any Beach Boys stuff on my computer. Thanks a lot, computer. Anyway, we'll we'll find those uh, later. Daily. I'm loving that advert. Isn't loving it brilliant? It. Can you <laughs> dig it? Oh, hang on a minute. I've got to find birds, bees, monkeys. Ad. Let me find this because this is. Um, 
Oh, but I've lost everything on my flipping computer, Justin. Absolutely everything. And that's computers, mate. That's technology. I've warned you about this for years. You did, you did buddy. And if, if, yeah. if only, if only I had... Um... Oh, here we go. Listen to this. Listen to this. This is great. Hang on a minute. Hey, with the monkeys. The monkeys are on stereo eight cartridge tapes. Yeah, yeah. And here's how Davy Jones feels about it. Well, as far as sounds concerned, it's it's like stereo eight takes you into a, takes you into a different outlet of sound into music. All right, guys. Every single instrument that's being played on that tape, but with you find that it's like it sounds. It's just so. He's saying nothing, is he? He's saying nothing. <laughs> Here we go. This is this is. Uh, sorry, but indulge me a second. Here we go. Seven A. This might not be the one. Hang on a minute. I'm gonna. Oh. If only I had my. It's not the one. I'll have to find. I've only had my computer working at its full capabilities. Right, I've got an idea. I've yeah, got go on, boss. Okay. Um, you, you know, uh, at BBC Three Counties Radio, we have trailers for all of the programmes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so why don't we, we get uh, an American voiceover guy oh, and buddy. we come up with a really creative trailer which should be played on all other programmes across the network? What do you reckon? Uh, yeah, because the, the, the yeah. network's going to go for it. And it would. Well, you know what? It would sound. Exactly like this. Holtzim's records has asked me to explain something, which is no big surprise, because people are always asking their kids to explain everything. Hey, hey, mercy, woman, plays a song and no one listens. I need help, I'm falling again. Listen to the band. They want to bring us out all the time, to get us to talk, to tell them what we think, so they can tell us why we're wrong. But for us, our music says it all. Like the monkeys in their new album, The Monkeys Present. There's a smile on the wind as it touches my face And starts to erase all the bloom Their music is like we are. It's hard to say why you like it, except the music talks to you, instead of expecting you to talk to it. Get The Monkeys Present on Call Gems, records and stereo 8 cartridge tape. It's music that talks to you. That album sold precisely 76 copies. <laughs> 76 copies. Oh, man. I could do, I, do you know what? I'm, I, I'm, I could do the whole show just, just playing these. Let me... Let me um... <laughs> oh, there's a brilliant one for the Beach Boys. I'll, I'll find it in a minute. Justin, Cues. It's all about yes, Cues yes. today. There's a brilliant book out about Cues. I want the author of that book on this show because it yep. sounds awesome to me. Awesome. Well, it's something we do every single day, isn't it? Justin, your best cue, please, mate. My best cue was uh, queuing up for tickets for the 1988 Littlewoods Cup final. Luton Town against Arsenal. Queued up for those tickets. Got there about five o'clock in the morning. Got the tickets. Luton Town won the cup with a last-minute winner. Beautiful. Amazing times. Beautiful. Yeah, good memories, you see. Now, yeah. I'm a stickler for cues. I hate it when you go abroad. They don't follow... When we went to Disneyland, Disneyland was ruined. By on-site, you've got a queue because you've got to stand... Euro Disney, you've got to stand in those those, those kind of rows. Mm. Once you get out and you're waiting for the bus to take you back to the hotel, it's Lanarche, Lanarche, yes. and not the good Lanarche. It's a oh. pain in the bum. Yeah, Awful. Yeah, yeah, hate it. <laughs> queue up, guys. Queue up. Daily, you've taken this to the streets. Yeah, a bizarre question for the streets. Um, your best and also worst cue. The streets have spoken. Here's what happened. 
taking it to the streets with J-Dog. Hashtag best and worst queues. Best queue I've ever been in? Um, oh God. Uh, Reading Festival 2011. We sat up all night in the queue playing Uno and listening to Johnny Cash while getting drunk. That's probably <laughs> the best queue I've ever been in. So how many hours did you actually queue for then? Uh, well, we got there about midnight thinking the early bird tickets. Yep. We didn't have them, so we thought we'd turn up at midnight and just queue. So we were there for a good seven, eight hours. Wow, that, that's a great one. What, what about the worst queue? Um, the Amazing Spider-Man film, that was terrible. <laughs> I queued for that and that made me very sad afterwards. Good morning, sir. Lovely shiny helmet. <laughs> Thank you. Keeps me visible. Um, what's the best queue you've ever been in? Um, a non-queue. I don't like waiting. But have you ever waited for something and the end product was incredible? Off the top of my head, waiting for my latte in the morning and the end product was incredible. <laughs> you are a legend. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Dave, we're on the streets. The best queue for you was? Stone Sour, Brixton, 2014. Yeah, head banging, yeah, yeah, yeah. How long was the queue? Uh, about 5,000 people, I believe. <laughs> so how long did that take? About three hours. Gosh, what about, um, what about the worst queue? Beautiful South at Wembley, about 15 years ago. Shocking. Right, morning. Do you know what? You look like David Essex. Everybody says that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that is spooky. Um, what's the best queue you've ever been in? Uh, probably Luton in the Wembley final in 88. Oh my God. Do you know what I said to Ian earlier on? I said that was my best ever queue. I queued for tickets for the final in 88 yeah. and of course we went on to win the cup. Went on to win it, yeah. I lost the following you, unfortunately. Yeah, but yeah, but who cares? 88, they won that one. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Best queue ever. Oh, Brilliant. Okay, right, what about the worst queue? Probably uh, the toll on the... Um, 25 to, to go over the Dartford Crossing. Yeah, you've been stuck there many times. Oh yeah, for ages, yeah. That's the frustrating one, but the Wembley one was worth it in yeah, the end. Yeah, absolutely. God, yeah. you look so much like David Essex. Right, I'll leave you to it. Take care. Okay, cheers. Bye. Wow. Rock you on. Rock on indeed. <laughs> the Gypsy King, fantastic. Love a bit well, of Essex. Well, somebody actually said to me at the weekend, I look a bit like David Essex, and I said, you know what, what? I'm going to take that as a compliment. Yep. You? Yeah, you look, you, know like you look more, more like David Soul. No, I His I middle name is Richard. I think what it was, I was uh, very David Essex-ish in the way I was dressed, the waistcoat, the tie, the jacket, a bit of <laughs> the swag. The earring. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Daily, keep listening. Something. Will, I don't know whether you, well, you th want to do think, the poppy thing. You want to go out well, and do the poppy yeah, thing? Th th this video, I know it's gone up on Facebook this morning. I'm going to have a look at the video in a minute, but um, I know you've had some some comments already that are coming in. So what I'll probably do is take the video to the streets right, yeah, and see yeah, what people yeah. think. Yeah. All right. But yeah. Do that if you would that just now. I think that'd be a good. One. All right. Cheers, mate. Speak to you later. Thank on. you, boss. Cheers. There's there's a lot of faux outrage. The, the poppy fascists, as I've tried to stop calling them, but I can't think of a better phrase. Poppy police. Poppy police. Uh, Corbyn's in trouble at the, the weekend because he didn't bow reverentially enough but at the remembrance service. He did. If you read the front page of... Uh, is it the... the, um, where is the front? It was the male that put the video up, didn't they? It was the male that put the video up, but he was in, um, it, was the, uh, it was the sun. Pacifist Corbyn. When did, when did pacifist become a dirty word again? It used to be, but a pacifist, so someone who doesn't like violence. Okay, yeah, right, that's a dirty word. Pacifist Corbyn refuses to bow. Not in my name. Well, that's a lie. He does. He nods his head ever so slightly. How, how low can you go? David Cameron, someone has posted a very interesting thing on Facebook. Yeah, David Cameron, he's um, sacked 30,000 troops, scrapped billions worth of military equipment, ignored 9,000 homeless ex-servicemen. Corbyn gets in trouble because he didn't lower his head far enough. It's a really weird, and I don't like this thing, where the, the remembrance part of it 
is is kind of not even set is way in the background now and it's now about well you're not wearing your poppy and you've got you're, you're not bowing far enough and you're not you didn't stop your bus during the the poppy the, the parade it becomes a grief competition and as someone rightfully says on twitter the video's on facebook go and have a look and ideally call him mm-hmm. so facebook.com forward slash bbc3cr and then call 03459. Tweet, I tweeted it as well. 455555. Give us some of the, the Twitter things. All right, some of the Twitter things uh, go like this. Uh, it's unfortunate, says Adam. The man's just doing his job. Not doing a minute's silence doesn't mean you have no respect for the lost. Uh, Craig says, no more or less disgusting than everyone chatting away in the crowd when they take a hypocritical umbrage well, okay, at the driver. I, I, I like Aaron's. She's blabbing away with her phone out. And filming in portrait. And filming in portrait, which is which is unforgivable. Unforg- she's she's you know, uh, 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 have a look at the video. Give us a call. You you outraged by it? It's, it's a bus driver trying to do his job. Maybe he didn't know what the time was. Maybe for, you know I didn't. I I missed it. I looked at my watch. Suddenly it was twenty five to twelve. Oh well. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Let's get the trav. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are queues on the M1 southbound between Junction 14 for Milton Keynes and 13 for Bedford. And anti-clockwise on the M25, it's very busy between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. In Watford, St Albans Road is partially blocked in both directions between Bushy Mill Lane and Gammons Lane. That's because of a building fire. And on the A40 Western Avenue into London, it's very slow from the M40 at the Denham roundabout towards the North Circular Road at the Hanger Lane Gyratory. On the A5 southbound in Hockcliffe, it's very busy at Woburn Road uh, with queues from Eastern Way and on the Great Northern trains there's 10 minute delays between Oakley Park and Alexandra Palace Samantha Brough BBC Three Counties Radio Sammy thank you very very much 7.46 Monday the 9th of November I'm only 13 more shopping days till Christmas these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Luton-based EasyJet is planning to bring back hundreds more holidaymakers on a rescue flight from Sharm el-Sheikh today. A woman from Bedford is appealing for help to find her daughter more than 50 years after she was taken from her. And Cheshire United, a little bit windy pops, I do apologise guys, it's one of those days. I mean, luckily it was only on the football story, not one of the more important ones. Chesham United are in tonight's FA Cup draw after a shock win against Bristol Rovers. Trying to, there's a joke somewhere about holding Bristol. No. No? No. Bristol cities? No. Bristol cities not as good as they were? Bristol cities? Away to Oldham. Ah, here we go. Brist, uh, uh, Bristol cities, Oldham. Oldham. No, I can't, I'm trying, I'm trying to do something. No. I can't, I can't do it. Can't do it. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. If you haven't got the cloud already, it is on its way. Some of our weather watchers have been posting pictures up this morning. We've had a few really beautiful sunrises, actually. Our weather watcher, Liz's Balcony in St Albans, a very, very pink sky. A bit of cloud, but also some uh, brightness between it as well. So a little bit of blue sky showing. Elsewhere, however, up in Bedfordshire, it's looking more like the cloud has already arrived. Susie Q in Bedford this morning has posted a picture of that cloud arriving as well. And also Bayford. Uh, we've got our weather watcher Trees, that's the name um, it's got the cloud there already, so the cloud is moving in from the west the whole time and it's going to become quite breezy as well, but it's still staying mild, 14 Celsius being the maximum temperature, overnight tonight staying rather breezy, also this cloud staying with us as well, but staying mild temperatures barely dropping down at all to 11 Celsius and that's away from towns and cities probably going to stay around 13, 14, so very very similar to the temperature today, now for tomorrow it's a similar day staying windy, some brighter spells 
spells towards the east, but temperatures mild at 16 Celsius. And that's your forecast. Scott says on Facebook, I can't say I agree. However, this is about the bus driver. However, every individual has the right and the choice that, uh, uh, if to acknowledge the two-minute silence or not. This driver chose not to and continue his job. Why are you ripping him apart for it? We're not ripping him apart. I don't I don't personally think he's done anything wrong. 03459 455 555. Generic Trail C. BBC Three Counties Radio. We all know that the weather can be sunny and bright in one place. And just down the road, it's blowing a gale. Which is where BBC Weather Watchers comes in. Your chance to join the nation's favourite conversation and share the weather where you are. A new website that lets you tell the nation and your neighbours exactly what's going on. Get digitally creative and build a unique record day by day. You'll hear the latest from Weather Watchers on BBC Three Counties Radio. And you may even see your picture at 6.30 on Look East on BBC One. To become a BBC Weather Watcher, simply sign in online at bbc.co.uk slash weatherwatchers. BBC Make It Digital. BBC Three Counties Radio. (coughs) From Scott. Bristol City supporters let them down. Better Oldham. OK. Interesting, and I should point this out for you pendants out there. Oldham are not even involved in this conversation. No, it should but... be Chesham. But we're, we're, we're playing, we're playing, we're, we're riffing. We're, we're like jazz musicians, but without the... Uh, well, that heroin, primarily. Mm. Very sad. 03459 555 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, then you know what, guys? We'd love, we'd literally love to chat. Now, a consultation over the proposed merger of Bletchley and Great Holm Fire Stations in Milton Keynes ends today. Under the proposal, all existing fire engines and other resources at the stations will be moved to a new... I hate this word. I hate this word. Did well, you put this in deliberately? That's what they're calling it. Flippin' hate this word. It's, it's lazy Orwellian newspeak. Under the proposal, all existing fire engines and other resources at the station will be moved to a new hub at West Ashland. I hate that word. What can we call it instead then? Like a centre? Uh, cop out. Uh, Paul Holland is area commander for Bucks Fire and Rescue. Morning, Paul. Good morning. Uh, why are you looking to make these changes? Um, we've been very fortunate to get a, a grant from government for uh, £2.8 million. Pounds. Uh, and that's part of combining our resources, both at Bletchley and Greyhound, and also uh, with Thames Valley Police, to uh, effectively um, plan for the future. So it's looking at having one facility that both services can share. Uh, and for us, it's about working more effectively and efficiently as we, as we move forward. So it's, all, it's the, about uh, money. 25 years. It's about money. It's actually not about, it's actually not about money. It's, it's actually oh. about just improving service. You mentioned sorry. Just when you mentioned efficiently, I, I assume that money. So is this how much money? So this won't be saving money then. Um, well, in terms of managing one facility rather than two facilities, there's an obvious uh, saving to be had from that. How much? But, so that's not the that's not the driver behind it. The driver of course, that's it's very much. Uh, yeah, of course, that's what you'd say. But how how much? Just out of interest, how much is it saving? Um, to be honest, the figures off the top of my head, I don't actually know at this moment in time. Um, we've, all that work's got to be done looking at it moving forwards um, but in terms of, of what we're looking to achieve from it, it's very much around looking at how we uh, operate now um, and how we can operate more efficiently and effectively going forwards and I think efficiently and effectively it can mean money but in this instance we're looking at how we operate, so it's looking at how we uh, respond to incidents and how we uh, train more effectively with our police colleagues as well 
Uh, what, what's it going to save? A million quid a year? Two million quid, roughly? Uh, I don't know. Oh. I'm surprised. You, don't, you haven't got a clue. So, you, 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 so it could cost more. Um, it certainly won't cost more. In terms of the um, the mere fact that we're looking at one facility rather than two, uh, there is a saving to be made. How that. much is it? Paul, you, come on, Paul. Paul, Paul. We'll, we'll, and we'll talk about how you, 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 know, you think it's safer and stuff like that in a second, but come on. You've got a rough idea how much money it's saving. You must do. You're the, you're the area commander for Bucks Fire and Rescue. But this isn't about saving money. This no, is no, no, no. You, um, you, you may think it's not, but I would... I'm, back into our yeah, service for the but you must have an idea how much it's going to save you by close, by having one facility instead of two. You must have an idea. Um, well, we certainly put a business case together which supported the, uh, the 2.8 million grant that we got from government. That was very much based upon indicative figures, and I wouldn't want to come on your radio show and make promises to, to the public. No, I don't, well, no, not promises. Let's, let's, the vagaries. Is it, is it half a million quid a year it's going to save a million quid? You just said you put together a business proposal, so you must know. Um, well, we've indicated it's about half a million pound um, saving over, over a period of, of, uh, of about five years. OK, so that wasn't so hard, was it? No, but I have to say, it's an indicative figure, so it's not. Uh, it's certainly not about making savings. It's about I don't know what indicative figure means. I don't know, but, but it's interesting we've gone from, oh, I don't know, to oh, it's about half a million quid over five years. It's just, you know, it's just some people will see that as relevant. Now, you also claim that it will be, it will be safer for people. H- how will that be? How will be having um, less fire um, uh, stations be safer for people? Um, in terms of it being safe, it's not about fire engines, it's about fire, sorry, it's not about uh, fire stations, it's about fire engines and firefighters. Uh, and we believe the investments we've made in our mobilising system, um, which actually means that we can now, using automatic vehicle locating uh, technology, mobilise the nearest assets to get... Uh, I've got, I'm, I'll be honest, I, 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 maybe I'm being dumb, Paul. I, I, you seem to be speaking a lot of newspeak. I don't understand what you're saying. Are you basically saying that even though a fire um, station might be further away from people, because you've got computers and stuff, you'll be able to get there quicker? No, what I'm saying is that um, we spend a lot more time out in the community now. I mean, one in five of the incidents, for example, prevention. in Milton Keynes area, prevention. are attended by fire engines that are out and about uh, doing prevention activity, absolutely as well as other um, you know, risk reduction activities in the community. So the, the onus is on us to be more responsible uh, and that takes the not, pressure no, off you guys? No, not, not at all. This is about um, the way we use our resources and just using them more effectively so that we can uh, attend incidents more quickly because there's no... Um, so you can get quicker even though the f- service... The f- yeah, you, can get, you can get somewhere quicker even though the fire station might be further away. But even now, um, we'll be out in the community doing prevention activities. So when we're out there, um, we still attend incidents. So well, essentially so what we're saying is we, we will be out there attending incidents um, and you will get the nearest resource, whether that comes from... So you'll be able to get there at the least just as quick, if not quicker, even though... I'm just trying to... I, honestly, I, I, this, this whole... It sounds like I'm speaking to a press release with the greatest respect. I'm just trying to put it in ways that, that I'll understand, because I'm an idiot, and that my listeners might understand, even though they're cleverer than me. So you're saying that um, even though a fire station might be further away, that you will get there in exactly the same time, if not quicker? In, in terms of um, our attendance times, we look at one... Yes or no? ...in 10 minutes... So in terms of the response that we're providing the public, that won't change. So you'll be able to get there in exactly the same time. Even though the the fire station might be further away, 
you're, you're promising you'll get there in exactly the same time it would take now? In terms of the... Um, <laughs> with anything with fire... With, with the location of fire stations, it's not, it's not about the fire stations, it's about the location of the fire engines themselves. Right. Uh, so, right. yes, there, there will always be winners and losers when you move a fire oh. station. Oh, who's the, oh, so who's... Hang on a minute. Who's going to be the losers, then, if, the, if, if this goes down to one fire station? I thought there wasn't going to be any impact, and now we've got losers. Uh, well, in terms of the impact, the impact is that we will um, still attend incidents within 10 minutes of, of the call, but when you move a fire station then and the fire engine is at the fire station, there is always the, the case whereby you'll, you'll take a little bit longer to get to the... Aha, uh, the OK, we, we got there. So some people station. so some people will see... A, that, that they will see... It will take longer for the fire engine to get there because the fire, the fire station's not, not as close as it once was. OK. Anybody losing their jobs? No. Everybody's keeping their jobs... Even though it's just going to be in one fire station now, there are no plans to make any redundancies on the back of this. Beautiful. This is about emerging our resources. Okay, beautiful. So everyone's going to keep their jobs. You can guarantee that. Uh, yes. Okay, beautiful. But there, as, as we've established, there will be some losers. All right, Paul. Thank you very much indeed. Got there in the end. Paul Holland, area commander for Bucks Fire and Rescue. I'd love to speak to you if you're one of the fire um, men or women that's actually involved with that. Because I'd love to get your opinion on that. You can you can um, email me uh, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. You can come on with a fake name. Um, I wonder if you're as uh, you're as keen for this to take place as, as as Paul is. It's not about money, but we will save a bit of money, and um, yet but people will still get the fire engines in, in the same amount of time. Although, of course, there will be some losers. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's stop start on the M11 southbound between Junction 8 for Bishop Stortford and 7 for Harlow. On the M1 it's busy southbound past Junction 14 for Milton Keynes. And the M25 slow anti-clockwise between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. In Watford on St Albans Road there's building fire between the Bushy Mill Lane and Gammons Lane which is partially blocking the road in both directions. And on 4th Street in Hartford it's been closed eastbound because of a police incident between Parliament Square and Market Street but it's also affecting Market Street between Railway Street and 4th Street in the town centre. There's no reported problems on the trains at the moment. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much indeed. I would suggest if you're talking about changes in fire uh, services, using the phrase, well, there will be some winners and some losers, perhaps not the... Uh, let's just hope it's not my house that's on fire and I'm one of the losers, eh, guys? and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock. I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, EasyJet to send another rescue flight to Sham, calls for Wickham Council to home refugees in army barracks and a Bedford woman appeals to find her daughter. BBC Three Counties Radio. EasyJet is planning to fly another plane out of Sharm el-Sheikh today to rescue holidaymakers stuck in the Egyptian resort. The Luton-based airline says it still has more than 2,500 passengers who've been unable to return home. Meanwhile, the Foreign Secretary says security may have to be raised at some airports if a bomb brought down the Russian airliner. Tim Clark, the president of Emirates Airlines, says there'll be complex negotiations. The aviation industry as well as the various countries involved in all of this, Europe, the Middle East, America, have all, will be getting into a, some kind of 
caucus forum to, to find out what can be done, what needs to be done, what the gap analysis is between what is being done and what needs to be done in the future. Community groups and religious leaders in High Wycombe have signed a statement urging the council to start accepting Syrian refugees. It calls on the council to play its part in accepting an appropriate number as soon as practically possible. John Bajina from Wycombe 38 Degrees says they could be given temporary homes in army barracks. It would have to be until the refugees find their feet, find their homes, start earning money for themselves. We know that there are a lot of army barracks which are not being used, we, we have to consider that refugees would accept housing which is, by our standard, less homely than our own people will do. Police are investigating a serious sexual assault on an 18-year-old woman in Aylesbury. The attack took place in Buckingham Street early on Saturday morning. The man police want to speak to is white in his late 20s to early 30s with short curly light brown hair. He was wearing a dark top with the sleeves rolled up. A woman from Bedford who was forced to give her daughter up for adoption in 1964 is appealing for help to find her. Carol Long, who now lives in America, gave birth while living at a home for unmarried mothers and hopes to find Adelaide 51 years later. She says she just wants to explain what happened. Uh, first thing I would say is I'm, I'm so sorry and ask her to forgive me and give me another chance and just look in them eyes again. That's a, That's the thing I can see is... I looked in her eyes and kissed her cheek as they, and they took her from me. In sport, Chesham United caused the biggest upset in the first round of the FA Cup, beating Bristol Rovers 1-0. Ryan Blake was the hero of the afternoon, scoring for the Southern League Premier Division side, who are 75 places below Bristol in the league. Elsewhere, it was a comfortable victory for Wickham, beating Halifax 4-0. The weather will be mild and mainly dry with some bright and sunny spells. Top temperatures around 14 degrees Celsius. That's 57 degrees Fahrenheit. You can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.com co.uk slash three counties thank you lee it's a phone-in show guys it's all kicking off on facebook and twitter in reference to the last story scott poses a question that i was kind of had in my head and, and i couldn't formulate it if the house next door to the closed down fire station burns down will the inhabitants be safer or less safe <laughs> i think they're one of the losers in that and the, uh, the video of the, uh, the bus driver who's trying to drive, he's trying to do his job when the remembrance, two minute silence, minute silence, I don't know, is it a minute or two minutes? I don't know. When the silence is being held on Sunday. Um, oh, you're getting very angry on there, guys. Or phone us up and express your anger on the air. We don't really do Facebook very often on this show anymore because, 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 because of the wonderful things he does. No. Um, because, um, well, because it is a phony show and we prefer to hear your voices rather than me just, um, uh, you kind of read out what you're saying. But I suppose we'll have to read out what you're saying. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Um, you're going to need to update that uh, chat box. And uh, what's going on? What's going on? We're trying to ring Sally back. She sent us a text through. It would appear she was there at Cranfield this weekend. Uh, okay. She doesn't think we're um, telling the whole story. Well, we can't. We weren't there. Well, you well, were. Give got, us a shout. All we've got is that two-minute clip, and yeah. that's and you know, and and, and to, to to base an argument on a two-minute clip, where who knows what happened before, who knows what happened afterwards. 
We don't so know. So we're ringing Sally, but if you were there, 03459 455555. From that two-minute clip, I don't think the guy's done anything massively wrong. Some of the suggestions, though, are that the uh, bus driver had been honking his horn beforehand. Uh-huh. OK, well, that's um, um, that's something, I suppose. Yeah. Maybe he didn't know what was going on. I don't. We don't know. We don't know! If you were there, no. you know more than we do. Thank you very much indeed. 03459, or, or, or do you? But really, do you? Oh three four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call now. Uh, this morning we've been talking about Carol Long. Uh, we spoke to her just after six o'clock. Uh, she's looking for a daughter that she was forced to give up when she became an unmarried mum in the nineteen sixties. Brought shame on the family. Went to uh, what? What was the phrase? A, a sent a home for unmarried mums. Yeah. Oh dearie me! Weren't the old days incredible? Um, well, my next guest can tell us about the other side of this story as well. Uh, it's Alison, and she joins me now. Morning, Alison. Good morning. Uh, you were adopted in the 60s, weren't you? Uh, very similar, actually. I, I really am the other side of the fence to uh, to your lady there. Um, I was given up for adoption in 1961 um, and was adopted through a children's home. Um, my mother was similarly forced to give me up. Um, and, yeah, here I am. When did you uh, find out that you were adopted? Um, my adopted parents had always been very, very good and very open about it, so... Well, that I... was quite forward-thinking for the 60s, because a lot of um, kids adopted then, you know, d- discovered bits of paper or something going through the drawers, yeah. didn't they? Yes, they did, which must have been awful. Yeah. Um, fortunately for me, my adopted mother had friends who had already adopted and who had not told their daughter um, and at the age of 18 she found out and it, it all went horribly horribly wrong and so these people had actually said to my mother look for goodness sake whatever you do so it's a bit of social counseling really whatever yeah. you do bring this child up in the full knowledge that this is what's happened um, my Father, adopted father, is very much of the old school. You know, we, we, we don't talk about it. It's happened. Um, we've brought the shutters down and, yeah. and what's gone is gone. Um, but nonetheless, they, they brought me up with the full knowledge. And so it was never a, a problem to me. It was just something that was. And at what a, if I ask anything that's improper or you don't want to say, then, you know, tell me to jog on and I will. I won't be offended. I, I don't want to pry too much, but I'm fascinated. Okay? I'm absolutely fascinated by this. Um, at what age did you think you were going to try and track down um, your birth mum? I think growing up as a child, anyone with a parent is, is going to, there's going to be times where you think, oh, that's it. <laughs> yeah. There's someone else <laughs> yeah. up there and, yeah. you know, you're not my real parent. And as soon as I'm allowed to, I'm, I'm off. I'm going to find out. Yeah. Um, and then as you grow up a little bit more, you realise that actually this perhaps isn't the best tactic. And if you look, if you search your parents' faces, actually, you are hurting them just a bit. Were you um, using it a little bit as a weapon in the way that as teenagers, we all say horrible things to our parents? I wish you were dead. I hate you. I never wanted to be. But all of that. were you kind of using it like that a little bit sometimes? I think the temptation's there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a very powerful there's weapon, another yeah. another alleyway, another outlet. You're, you're inclined to think that in the back of your mind. I, I don't think I was all that bad, though. But So I'd, I'd always wanted to search, and I had been told that my mother didn't want to give me up, and I had been told that there were older siblings. So it's, it's going to eat away at you, yeah. and it really is. And then I thought, well, I won't search while I'm still at home because that's going to upset the folks. Maybe when I move out, 
um, if I get to go to uni or if I get to go to college, I'll have the space, I'll do it then. Um, and at that point, I thought, well, actually, no, I won't, because if it all goes horribly wrong, it's a bit scary and I'm living on my own and I don't want to cope with that. So I, I chickened out all the way along, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, the final, what actually tipped me into doing it was I was adopted at the age of six months. And what finally hit me was, oddly enough, seeing a telly show. It was, I don't know if I'm allowed to mention him, that, that uh, Robert Kilroy Silk gentleman had a morning show on. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, Kilroy. I used to like Kilroy, yeah. yeah. It was all about adoption, and there was a whole studio full of ladies who had given up their children for whatever reason and were desperate to find them, absolutely desperate to find them. And I looked down, and at that stage... My daughter was six months old, oh. which was the same age that yeah. I had been given up at. And I looked at her and I looked at these ladies in that studio and I thought, oh, my goodness me. It hadn't hit me until then quite what it was to have to give up a child. And I, in that instant, I knew, I thought, I have to get in touch with this lady that gave birth to me, even if it's only to get a message through to say, I'm OK, I'm alive, I'm kicking All's, all's well, all is fine. And it was at that precise moment during that show, and I'm sure we could probably track it out and mm. work out when it was broadcast, at that point I thought, someone out there has to know. This mm. has to stop. Did you speak to your um, uh, your parent, your adoptive parents and say, I'm going to do this, or did you kind of keep it a little bit secret? Well, I kept it secret because I thought, again, I didn't want to hurt them. Yeah. They were good folk. And I thought, well, if it doesn't work, if it all goes horribly wrong, then you know, that, that's two lots of people that are upset. So it wasn't until um, we were actually approaching full reunion that I did sort of kind of mention to them that perhaps I might have been looking, which, again, is really probably very weedy of me. Uh, I bet they were OK with it, though, weren't they? Mm, no. Oh, oh, really? Oh, dear. No, 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 no. That was that was lead balloon country. But then, again, they were of a generation um, almost where the, the honour of adoption was very important to yeah. them. And they had been told that once the adoption had been legalised through the courts, that there never would be any way of either side tracing anybody. Gosh. And they kind of felt that... The, when when the law changed and people were allowed to go back and, and search and look at records and things, I think they kind of felt that the rug had been pulled from under their feet yeah. and they were uncomfortable with it. Um, they didn't need to be. They they were my mum, they, they were my dad. They, they'd done that job, they'd earned those titles and that's who they were. And, yeah, How they long did it take you to find um, your... I, I was try, I'm trying to avoid the phrase real mum and I nearly, it nearly summed it out then. Your birth mum. <laughs> Yes, they use the word birth mother, which isn't a, not a very elegant term, is it? But mm. um, I, again, was very lucky because they had told me what my original birth name was. They had told me what children's home I'd been adopted from and through which organisation I had been placed. So I had the bones of the matter already. Um, I rang up the adoption agency involved... Um, expecting, you know, more cloak and dagger secrecy. And there was a, all right, okay, just a moment. And there was a a few clicks and a few sort of leafing throughs of pieces of paper. And then someone ever so pleasant on the other end said, oh, yes, yes, we have all your records here. Oh, 
Okay. Wow. <laughs> All right then. Um, and at that point, again, such lovely, lovely people, this organisation, and they said, well, you know, before you see the full file here, um, you have to go through counselling. It's, mm. it's a requirement, and there, there's a certain format that you have to follow. And immediately I was mm, not sure I want to be counselled, actually. I really don't want to discuss my inner self with a complete stranger. I'm yeah. quite all right, thank you. And that put me off. And then, again, there was all this heartache of, should I really go stumbling into someone else's life? Um, am I am I allowed? Is it my my sort of privilege to be able to disrupt whatever they may have achieved with their lives? Should I be doing this? So there was an awful lot of internal wrangling. From start to finish, from that first phone call, or rather from that first program, uh, teleprogram that I saw, the decision that was made to actually meeting my mum, my birth mother, mm. face-to-face, was probably about four or five months, which is very, Gosh. very quick. yeah, isn't it? But given the amount of information that I had, if I hadn't have fiddled and wobbled and, and ruminated quite so much, it probably we could have pushed it through if I'd have gone full throttle to the floor. We'd probably been through in about a month. I could talk to you all morning. We're running out of time. I find you absolutely fascinating and charming. I, 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 how did it go? Very, very well. Um, this was 30 years ago. Um, we're still in enormous touch. Wow. Um, all my siblings um, that I knew of turned out to be just the most amazing people, and it's been a fantastic reunion. It's answered everything. It's, it's scratched that itch. It has it's transformed me, and I'm really, really glad that I did it. Do you just quickly on a personal note? Because I got loads of like half brothers and sisters scattered around that I only met recently when my dad died, and I, I, I was wondering, do you con- uh, do you consider them to be your brothers and your sisters? Yes, you do. Yes, we do. Mm. yes. Um, it turns out that I wasn't actually tagged on to the end of the family. I was in the middle oh. of the family, and so there are a couple of fathers involved. But yeah. that is irrelevant to us because we are all very much the children of our mum and she is the uh, the, the middle of the wheel around which yeah. we roll we're, we're the spokes and yeah it's fantastic she had she'd never her way of coping was to put my birthday on the calendar i was never forgotten and in her words um my place was always laid at the table and that was just oh to hear that was just incredible that's a, a that's a delightful note to end it on. I think, Alison, that's a really optimistic look. And, and hopefully, if Carol Long is listening, that it might give her. She, you know, she's terribly worried that she's going to have to apologise and bow and scrape for all of this stuff. And and, and that's a really nice way of um, of ending. I really appreciate chatting to you this morning. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. It's nice to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed. What, what, what an amazing lady. What an amazing story. You know, I don't say that. You say that can sound quite patronising, but flipping heck. Did she, did she tell that story well? What a charming. Down to earth woman. <laughs> when she said, Oh, I don't know if I can mention his name, I thought oh, it was going to be Savile. Oh, she's going to watch Jim will fix it or something. <laughs> it was only Kilroy. Well, few. Few. Politically, politically he's made um, a few mistakes. But, but uh, anyway, thank you, Alison. 03459 555 BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio.
the queues on the M1 southbound just before Junction 14 for Milton Keynes and it's also very slow southbound from Junction 10 for Luton Airport to Junction 9 for Redbourne because of an accident earlier and nearby on the A5 in Hockcliffe it's slow southbound with people diverting on Woburn Road it's very busy on the approach from Eastern Way also on the A5 in both directions between the A505 and Halton Road it's very busy through the roadworks and in Hartford on 4th Street that's closed eastbound because of a police incident between Miller's Yard and Market Street and it's also affecting Market Street between the Railway Street and 4th Street in the town centre. On the M25 it's busy anti-clockwise from Junction 26 for Wortham Abbey and 25 for Enfield and the M40 into London's very slow from Junction 5 for Stoke and Church to 4 for High Wycombe. On the trains Great Northern still have 10 minute delays into London between Oakley Park and Alexandra Palace. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much. Ah oh dear, uh, 8.17, Monday the 9th of November, I'm Ian Lee and I'm a little bit, <clears throat> a little bit dry and thirsty. Staff. EasyJet says it's still trying to bring back more than 2,000 passengers who are stranded in Sharm El Sheikh. Campaigners in Wickham say the council should consider giving temporary homes to Syrian refugees in army barracks. And a woman from Bedford is appealing for help to find her daughter more than 50 years after she was put into adoptive care. Every weekday morning. Isn't it nice to have a good discussion about things in a polite way? My opinion is... You make a very valid point. As long as the person can do the job, I don't care. Hence, I'm saying she's completely out of touch. It doesn't always happen like that, though, does it? Well, if you let me speak, I'll let you, I'll, I'll let you know what they are, then. Well, that doesn't prove that an accident's been caused, does it? The JVS Show. My big phone-in every morning from nine gets everybody talking. First of all, I congratulate you. got a very good topic on this morning. I'd like to share some experiences. I'm not going to respond to that statement because I find that quite inflammatory. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. <laughs> Corbyn, there's, there's, there's a lot of fooly over um, poppies and remembrance and stuff. And I think people use it as a good old stick to beat people with. The, the soldiers die for the freedom for us to choose whether we're going to, you know, how much we're going to get involved or not. Uh, you know, sad as that and selfish as that may be, that's the case. Um, and so Corbyn's on the front page. He didn't bow. He, not, he, he put his head down a bit. It was respectful. I watched it. I made a point of watching it. Um, <laughs> Adrian has, has put up the picture of uh, ridic- on Twitter. Truly ridiculous, the attack on Corbyn, considering the company he was with. Not just a- So there's David Cameron. Oh, look, he's walking past Tony Blair as well. Do you know, it's just there are other people there who it could be argued have done um, um, uh, more um, uh, in, in the name of war or less in the name of, of soldiers and those who fight the wars for us than Corbyn not bowing, is not, you know, prostrating himself. Distraction. It's all distraction. It's all distraction. Action for crying out loud. Um, OK, and we put the video up on uh, YouTube, of, uh, Facebook, sorry. Facebook, and it's going crackers on there, actually. People well, can't decide by the looks of it, though, whether I, they're disgusted or... Meh. It's a bus driver, there's a remembrance parade, and um, he's driving his bus, and uh, people are having to move out the way. All and, right. and there's one loud woman who's, who's filming it. It's disgusting! It's disgusting! Well, hang on a minute. You're not paying respects. You know, let, let that fella get on with it. And that's what's being pointed out, actually, quite a lot. Jane uh, on Facebook says, I've been on buses loads of times over the years during the two-minute silence, and I've never witnessed traffic stopping during this time. No. Maybe people on the bus were in a rush and wanted the driver to move. Who knows? But let's, be, let's not be the judge and jury for the man, same as if you haven't got your poppy on these days. It's a crime. 
Um, then someone else saying that it's disgusting, uh, scum of the earth, him and the officer. So the police officer who's trying to stop him is also being... <laughs> come on, come Dawn, on. Dawn says typical arrogance of bus drivers. They are arrogant. I'm going to give her that. Well, I don't know. She's got uh, Relo uh, going back at her saying typical uneducated and ignorant reply. Oh. Let's not fight, kids. Well, yeah. Gillian <laughs> wants to know, was he British? Huh? And Susie's saying, what this video doesn't show is before this, he peeped his horn to get people to move. He did what? Peeped. Which doesn't sound like a honk. A peeped is more of a... No, you beep, you beep it. You par- She's saying peeped. You parp it, you beep it. A peep it. Oh, that's an old That's an old one. Gosh, my mum would my... say bib. Yeah, bib. That's the word I'm thinking of. Bib. You bibbed it. He bibbed his horn to get people to move. And the PCSO did try to talk to him, but he was shouting and swearing. Plenty of comments on the Facebook page of the bus company about this. People do have a choice. I he... would be very surprised if the bus driver was, was swearing. Mm. Get out of my flipping way. You what crumbs. We, what we haven't got is Go anyone on. who was actually there. And we tried to get back in touch with someone who sent us a text through, Sally. Yeah. Um, she's not answering the phone. Um, we need to report the whole story. We agree, Sally. That's oh, why we're trying to ring you. Four five nine four double five five double five. Rosie's on the line. Good morning, Rosie. Good morning. Is it, uh, are you are you outraged by this man trying to do his job? Uh, well, I've watched it. Um, it doesn't look very. Um, you know, it looks a bit sort of. Oh God, what's the word I want? Um, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm feeling, but I'm, I'm feeling, on the other yeah. hand, we do have a, a relative who is a bus driver, or was a bus driver, he got sacked, but... Um, oh, what um, what did he do to, driver, what he he do to get sacked? He's, he's not the bus driver that was writing his phone number on tickets and giving it to women, was he? No. Oh, OK. That happened, that happened. <laughs> Should not think so. Um, well, basically, not, he didn't get su- sacked for this, but... Didn't get sucked for it? Every time he was, he was told that if he stopped at a stop too long or if he was late to a stop, yeah. that they would lose, they'd lose their job. I tell you what I hate. The bloke, when the bus is flying along, right, you get to a bus stop, and then some bloke with a clipboard gets on. Yeah, wait here two minutes. Sorry? Regulating the service. Regulate this! Just get me! There's yeah. another, there'll be another! Regulate the service! Move! Move! Come on! Yeah. Oh, the thing he got sacked for was because he tried to help a, a, um, a passenger who was, in a, who was being beaten up. And he went in and tried to help him. What? He got sacked for that. Sacked? Yeah. He got sacked Did for Did he help- wade in fists flying? Oh, probably, yeah. Blimey. <laughs> got cr- sacked for that, He was a cratty master, isn't it? He, was a cr- he wasn't just a cratty man, he was a cratty master. Cratty master? <laughs> cratty master. Even better. Cratty master could beat a cratty man easily. Hands down. Literally hands down. I've his hands down. the worst queue and the best queue as well. Yeah, go on. Okay, worst queue. Uh, queuing for Wimbledon overnight on the pavement. Oh, you muppet. And what would you do that for? It's tennis. Box. It's on telly. I woke up with chicken pox. How can you... This is what... Someone injected you with, with the pox no, whilst you were... I had ki- a few spots the day before. Oh, no. And I just thought, oh, a bit of you know, teenage angst. Did and, you still um, go in? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I good for in, you. I did my, did my cagoule right up. It was a hot, sunny day. I Beautiful. I cagoule up with a little slit for my nose and eyes. That's the... the, the <laughs> you look like a Bass Street it, kid. And, <laughs> what, what, was, and what, was the, what was the worst cue? The worst... That was the worst Oh, okay, queue. sorry, there was, there was a good queue. There was I another that... worst queue, queuing for Britain's Got Talent, and it peed with the rain for two hours. You weren't, you weren't queuing to be a turn, were you? No, no, it was my daughter. Oh, flipping She was about 11. Don't put your daughter on the stage, Mrs Worthington. Don't put your daughter on the stage. The, um, oh, I'm trying to think. Do you know the lyrics to that song? Uh, only those. Um, oh, it's a, it popped up in my car the other day. Don't put your daughter on the stage, Mrs. Worthing. Do you know the words, Danny? No. Do you know Does the song? Act? No. Do you know No Coward? No. Unbelievable. Don't put your daughter on the stage. 
Wickham Council is under pressure, under pressure, dum 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 to put a figure of the number of Syrian refugees it's willing to house. Campaigners and faith leaders have signed a statement expressing their mounting concern about the situation. Well, Labour Councillor Khalil Ahmed is supporting them. Uh, how many do you want, uh, Khalil? Up to 200 is what I put forward in the motion. OK, but... Why, how have you come up with that number? It isn't a case of coming up with that number. It wasn't worked out on a calculation. I just feel that at least 200... Based on the size of the town, it is given the crisis. If I if it were down to me, I would I would say more. But uh, we have to be realistic. So you just put the number out, out, out of thin air. It wasn't thin air, you know, kind of thing. You see, the thing is, we, we looked at the on and the town, and based on other towns as well, in terms of what they suggested, uh, we couldn't just sort of like say, look, we need to just open our doors. We, we just got, you have to be sensible about the thing. Um, I'm confused. Did you did you work it out, or did you just guess it? Because uh, you, you kind of contradicted yourself, Khalil. No, no, no. I, I don't understand, right, in terms of, you know, suggesting 200, right? You know, I, I, personally, I just, as I said to you... It just feels right. Feels right, yeah. We it's, can't, it's look, mate, we can't, we can't sort out, mate. Councillor, we can't, um... Uh, uh, <laughs> we can't sort out housing for refugees on the number of... Oh, it feels right. No, no, 200 no, no, feels not, right. Okay. It's a guesstimate. Yeah, no, 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 it's, it's a guesstimate. Half guess, half estimate. Representing Wickham District Council here, right? You know, so and that's the beaut- and that's the thing. You're not representing Wickham District Council, are you? No, I'm not. Rep- I'm, I'm a council that represents the community as well as obviously Wickham District Council. I was elected on there to represent the people. Right. And obviously, I, I speak for the people as well. And obviously, when people do oh. good things, I obviously support them. Right. I obviously try and do you know but, good things myself. But Khalil, you can't just you, two hundred is a lot of people, right? You you, you can't yes. just go. Hmm. Let me think. Um. 150, no, sounds too low. 300, that sounds too high. I know, we'll call it 200. So, so you can't you, just you do know, it like that! OK, so what you're saying is, right, that maybe perhaps I should have reduced that number and that would have never been no. the topic. No, 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 no. I'm saying what you should have done or? is... is What you should have done is maths. Yeah. No, no, no. But before <laughs> we, we talk about maths, can I just ask you, right, you know, the whole purpose is at the moment, whether it be 20, whether it be 200 at the yes, moment, boss. right, but Wickham District Council is not committing to any... No, but they're going to take some. They have to take some. So whether they're committing or not. How many free school places have you got? Just out of interest. How many free school places have we got? We're we're oversubscribed. Ah, okay. How many um, empty properties have you got that that, that are ready for people to be moved into? Well, we, we've got a shortage of that. And just yeah. like How many time, doctor's surgeries are turning people away because they're, they're, they're oversubscribed? Just, just yeah, yeah. Like so again, this figure of 200, you just plucked it out of your backside. <laughs> you do not. This is why I'm focusing on this, Callum, because it's really important. It's nice yeah. saying, yeah, I'm going to be the big man and we're going to have two... I think we should have 200, but the resources, the infrastructure mm. isn't there. That's why mm. some places will, will, will have to take more and some places yeah. will have to take less. But as and when that comes, right, obviously that we will have to take more and we have to take less in itself. At the moment, you need to be showing, right, that you are making that effort of pledge of obviously trying to take these on. But, but, As I said to you, the 200, can I just finish? The 200, right, based on, on the offers of uh, of support that we've got from the community in itself at the moment, because there's nothing coming forth for, from Wickham District Council, as long as with that in itself, we're quite comfortable that up to 200 can be accommodated. Where? And if not, if more. Where? 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 
there is, as I said to you, there, there are uh, at the moment the, uh, the the local religious leaders offering uh, uh, support, or whatever. There's local landlords right that are willing to on board. We're not here to provide a long list of of people. That well, no, no, you know, I go, Khalil. Again, if you're going to say, if you're going to have a pop at the council who will commit to taking people because they have to, they just haven't done it yet. I don't know. Maybe they're sat at home with calculators and algorithms and working out how much they can realistically take. What, you can't what, just pluck a figure of two hundred out of the air. And then when I ask you where are they going to go, say, well, I'm not here to talk about that. Where are they going to go? Where are they going to go? As I said, we we could obviously put forward suggestions in itself. Give me some suggestions now. Well, we we suggested, right, that we would meet the council to discuss this. exactly. No, 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 no. Where are they going? You've come up with the figure of 200, so you must have an idea of where those 200 people are going to go. Where are they going to go? There is a number, you know, loads of commercial properties within Wickham, right, that we could obviously look upon uh, making adequate, right, you know, fit for purpose just for a short term. So we put them, them in some, we put them in some unsafe, uh, disused office blocks. No, not unsafe. They're not going to be unsafe, right? They're commercial properties, right, which are obviously, you know, they're quite warm, got adequate heating, whatever, and they could have minor modifications made. There are also other ways. And that would be safe for children, would it? Temp- Sorry. That would be safe for children, would it? Safe for children at the moment when they're out, you know, out in the in the open or whatever, right? With nothing on their over their head. That argument, that argument doesn't wash with me. Are we better than being in a field outside Calais? Well, yeah, but we still got, we still got. They're still humans. We still got to put them somewhere safe. Would it be safe for children? Delayed flights, whatever, and we, you know, end up writing for them. When we have earthquakes, whatever, what do we do? Delayed flights. What on earth are you talking? Delayed flights. What on earth are you talking about? Delayed flights. People sleep in in the airport. They sleep in the airport, and then uh, the same argument couldn't be... Well, like, we could put them up in Luton Airport. Well, the thing is, what's the difference between a commercial you know, uh, building, right, you know, to a commercial building... Right, Why are you mentioning airport, delayed you know, flights? Sorry? Why are you mentioning delayed flights? Right, perhaps it's a bad example. Very bad I'm example, Callum. Right, don't, right, don't use it with a more professional radio host. OK, fair enough. Fair You're enough. welcome. I, I should remember that next time. You're welcome. <laughs> anyway, so... Is there any further questions in terms of this? Are, you know, is uh, three count is radio, you know, on and uh, putting in a pitch in for WDC or putting in a what? Sorry, are you putting in a putting in a bid for for WDC as to why we've suggested two hundred or on forgetting the argument in itself? Right? I don't understand the question. Putting a bid into what? Are you are you calling me on behalf of WDC at the moment, or are you actually calling me? As Who are WDC? I... Wickham District Council. Oh, okay. No, yes. no, no. I'm just asking. No, I'm asking. I'm surprised, <laughs> Khalil. I, I, no wonder you lot aren't in power. I'm surprised that you you think it's acceptable to pluck a figure out of thin air and then not not be able to suggest where these people are going to go, and then compare it to being late for an airport, an airline. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. I mean, you're going to obviously quote me on in terms of you know what came of my mouth in terms. I'm of going to quote your in terms. I'm going to stop you there. Yes, I'm going to quote you in terms of what came out of your mouth. That's that's how quotes work. Thank you. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's still very slow on the M1 southbound before Junction 14 for Milton Keynes after an accident earlier this morning at Junction 12 for Flittick. On the M25, it's busy anti-clockwise from Junction 20 for Kings Langley to 16 for the M40. And the M25 spur in Watford is very busy on the anti-clockwise side from the Hunton Bridge roundabout towards the M25 Junction 19 for Watford. On the A40, it's very slow from the M40 to the Denham roundabout into London towards the North Circular Road at the Hangar Lane Gyratory. And in Amersham on Gore Hill, it's slow 
southbound between the A413 and the A40 London Road. On the trains, Great Northern still have 10 minute delays between Oakley Park and Alexandra Palace because of a signalling problem. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts, and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's half past eight. I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, more than 20 people have been evacuated after a fire in Watford this morning. The fire took hold in the Phoenix Lodge bed and breakfast in St Albans Road at about half past five. EasyJet is planning to fly another plane out to Sharm El Sheikh today to rescue holidaymakers stuck in the Egyptian resort. The Luton-based airline says it still has more than two and a half thousand passengers who've been unable to return home. And a woman from Bedford who was forced to give her daughter up for adoption in 1964 is appealing for help to find her. Carol Long, who now lives in America, gave birth while living at a home for unmarried mothers. The weather will be mild and mainly dry with some bright and sunny spells. Top temperatures around 14 degrees Celsius. That's 57 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Chesham United caused the biggest upset in the first round of the FA Cup, beating Bristol Rovers 1-0. Ryan Blake was the hero, scoring for the Southern League Premier Division side, who are 75 places below Bristol in the league. Chesham's manager Andy Lee says the victory means a big payday in the second round. Financially, it probably sets us fair for this season and part of next, I would think, with the prize money and everything that flows from it. So, uh, yeah, and, and the supporters, you know, hopefully we get a few more through the gate and... We move on again, but uh, we've, got the, we've got the matter of a County Cup game on Tuesday night, so I've got to get the players either up or down. I'm not sure which one, but I've got to sort them out for Tuesday night yet. So. Elsewhere, it was a comfortable victory for Wickham, beating Halifax 4-0. Both Luton Town and Stevenage are also in tonight's second round draw. Stevenage beat Gillingham 3-0 at the Lamex. And boss Teddy Sheringham was pleased with how his side defended after they took the lead. You try and work out what, what they're going to do and whatever. There was a couple of little hairy moments and... Uh, Games can change on, on certain little times. Uh, I can remember a cross shot going right across the goal, two or three of their players sliding in, and we, we came good after that. In tennis, Andy Murray lost in straight sets to Novak Djokovic in the final of the Paris Masters. It's the Serbs' 10th win over Murray in their last 11 matches. And the British number one says he needs to change his approach. Novak clearly deserved to win. You know, I need to sort of go back to the drawing board and, and think what, what it is that that's been happening over the last couple of years in those sort of those sort of matches. And that's BBC Three Counties News and Sport with more at nine o'clock. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Damon Albarn of his day. Let me press play, hang on. Here. Put your daughter on the stage, Mrs. Worthington. Don't put your daughter on the stage. The profession is overcrowded and the struggle's pretty tough. And admitting the fact she's burning to act, that isn't quite enough. She has nice hands to give the wretched girl her due, but don't you think her bust is too developed for her age? I repeat, Mrs. Worthington, sweet Mrs. Worthington, don't put your daughter on the stage. Regarding your... Dear Mrs. Worthington, of Wednesday the 23rd, although your baby may be keen on a stage career, how can I make it clear this is not a good idea for her to hope, dear Mrs. Worthington, is on the face of it absurd. 
Her personality is not in reality exciting enough, inviting enough for this particular sphere. Don't put your daughter on the stage, Mrs. Worthington. Don't put your daughter on the stage. She's a bit of an ugly duckling, you must honestly confess. And the width of her seat would surely defeat her chances of success. It's a loud voice. And though it's not exactly flat, she'll need a little more than that to earn a living wage on my knees, Mrs. Worthington. Please, Mrs. Worthington, don't put your daughter on the stage. Don't put your daughter on the stage, Mrs. Worthington. Don't put your daughter on the stage. Though they said at the School of Acting she was lovely as Pierre Gint, I'm afraid on the whole an ingenue role would emphasize her squint. She's a big girl. And though her teeth are fairly good, she's not the type I ever would be eager to engage. No more butts, Mrs. Worthington. Nuts, Mrs. Worthington. Don't put your daughter on the stage. It's the Damon Albarn, it's the Bob Dylan of the 1930s. The streets. Oh, he, he is the streets. He's, what's that fella's name? John, uh, uh, John Hanna. No. Michael McIntyre, Michael McDougall, no. Michael I was Skinner, a, Skinner, Frank Skinner, Mike, Mike Skinner, Mike Skinner, Mike's ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome? I remember you when you were just a girl. Is that one of his? You were yeah. so plain and you were buying Rizzlers. You're fit, but my gosh, don't you know it? That's the one. That's the one. Good morning, Akbar. Good morning, uh, Ian. That's correct. You're through to Catherine. Right. Um, Catherine, um, Catherine, when I heard uh, uh, Ian the other day on the stage um, in the library that he wasn't uh, uh, a brilliant journalist uh, and uh, he takes advice from you and the others, <laughs> then it took me by, by, by total surprise. And that surprise has been broken uh, uh, since then many times and uh, this morning his performance to investigate to uh, that that counselor uh, is a brilliant uh, example of uh, how good uh, the uh, Ian Lee is uh, yeah. for uh, 3CR. I think, I think you're right he's very good at probing. One, I want to probe you Akbar. Were you at yeah. the show I did at Luton Library Theatre? Y- yes. Why didn't you come and there. say hello and have a selfie with me? Um, Ian, I was sitting next to uh, our friend from Dunstable. You can, you can down. Hang on, hang on a second. <laughs> Den- you, t- you were sat next to Dennis. He was sat right yeah. next to me. Yeah. You yeah. were sat next to Akbar, Akbar Dakar, and nobody said anything. I came down. I, I um, uh, hugged mm. Dennis. I wish I hadn't, because that's a really high stage to get back up on, and I'm 42. Akbar, mm. I would have, I would have kissed your forehead and ruffled your hair, you naughty little sausage. That's why I didn't say he was there. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know you were there, boss. I was, I was there, and well, you're I was very there. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the show. I enjoyed the show, and uh, um, today you have, uh, you have given another example of uh, what you have said on that uh, stage isn't true. Um, you can't mislead lead us all. You are an excellent. Uh, well, journalist and presenter. Um, listen, I'm, I'm not a journalist because there are people that go through training no. and do all kinds of all kinds of legwork to become. Don't point yourself. Like this Kat. guy. I'm just listen. I'm just a bloke. I'm I'm just a bloke with a bloke's courage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm not. A, that, 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 I don't want to be rude to people who are proper journalists and know what they're doing. I'm just a bloke who likes to argue uh, with people. Uh, uh, Dennis. Yes. Can I ask what was Akbar like to sit next to? Was he was he well, polite? Was he was he chatty? Considerate. Asian gentleman, and I saw one. Hang on, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Akbar, mm-hmm. are you Asian? Yeah. I never knew that. Yes, Thank I you, Dennis. Am. Thank <laughs> you, Dennis. I never knew that. 
I'm being flippant, of course I do. Well, is it funny? Uh, you two meeting is like the streams crossing. It's, it, it, you're lucky you didn't shake hands because the whole universe would have imploded. Do you want to add another stream? Because you've got the absolute ultimate. Oh, hang on a minute. Peter? Hi. Flip it. It's a combined age of 672. <laughs> It's every, hang on a minute, hang on a second. It would be, it would be, it would be rude for me um, not to. Um, hang on a second. Right, Peter, what do you want to have a whinge about today? Oh, no, oh there we go. It goes into. Uh, <laughs> uh, and we've got. Um, oh, hang on. Oh, I've, I've, I've lost. Oh, we go. Whinging his way across beds, hards, and bugs, Peter in Wilmer Green. What do you want to have a whinge about today, Pete? Hi, I was just listening to you talking about the migrants in, in the different areas. The yes. Quantity. Yeah. Now, the Germany now are doing exactly what uh, was advocated in the 50s and 60s by the local people, that when immigrants come in, they should be taught how to live in the housing and showing what the borders were in, what yeah. happens within a home. Yeah. And uh, Germany's doing it now. What? But Britain has never done it. I don't and, know what, what... I still don't know what. Well... When you when someone comes into a country and they move into a home, they need to know how to occupy that home. Something quite simple to us. There is a, a there is a zebra crossing in, and I'm gonna. It's either in Walthamstow. I think it might be Stoke Newington. Yeah. And it is the busiest zebra crossing in the country. Do you know why, Peter? Not really, no. I'll tell you. It's where the Turks go to learn how to use zebra crossings. It, it, they go there and they get taught... Because they don't know zebra... They have zebra crossings abroad, but they don't work. Here, they work. You're just insured if they plough you down on Yeah, them. yeah, so you have to... Um, they, they, it's, it's constantly busy. You can never drive past it because there are, there are Turks crossing the road there, back and forth, well, back and you, forth, did back Did you back actually and forth. see the little village where uh, the... About, about 200... Uh, immigrants were housed overnight no. and moved on to Manchester. Did you see that? No, sir. Well, they didn't even know. They knew, didn't know anything, really. No. The neighbours, they were sitting in the neighbours' gardens, etc. Oh, well, et <laughs> I suppose the they thing is, no, if, you're, if you're in danger of death, learning, um, you know, how to um, I'm work... I'm talking a... about when they arrived, not when they... Yeah. Not there. Oh, no, it is living with danger of death. Yes. That is not really true. No, you're if right. The Syrians fleeing from Syria are not living in... You're, you're right, Peter. Let's, let's just clarify, and I apologise for that. I want to step back from that. You're right. The Syrians fleeing from uh, war-torn Syria, where over a quarter of a million people have died, are not in danger of death. Thank you for clarifying that. No, I didn't say that. What I said was, if you cross ten countries or eight, eight countries or whatever... Then, as soon as you cross the border, literally, you're out of danger of death. Amy has um, texted in, so she spent money texting in about you, Peter. Would you like to hear what she says? Yes, quite fine. I love Peter. Does he have a fan page? <laughs> Do you have a fan page, Peter? Have you got a fan page, Pete? Geocities. I've been on People talk to me in the street. I just met one of your... Actually, one of your contributors, really. Oh, who? The uh, poppy lady and her husband. Who, uh, who sell the puppies? They went to Albert Hall uh, on Saturday. Yeah. Guys, listen, but Peter, you're being very rude. No, I'm not. Yes, you are, because Dennis and Akbar were in front of you. Well, I, I will tell them the truth. I don't want to beat about the bush. I want to tell people always the truth. The truth is, people should be educated in how to live 
our type of life, when they come into this country, then it will stop massive amount of friction. That's for one. We have never done it. We are stupid, stupid, stupid consecutive governments. We are stupid, stupid, stupid. I agree with you, Peter, in lots of ways. And uh, in order to achieve what, uh, what you are saying is, uh, my organization uh, has been uh, talking about a national program of nas uh, integration for newcomers in this country. Absolutely. And Absolutely. You're quite right. Now, you can get it. Well, uh, it seems lost in the wilderness. Well, I emigrated from Manchester and I've only just learned to live down here. So what are you well, talking about? that's a different thing as well because it's a different type, sort of characteristics. In Manchester, there's a lot more humour, but it's a different type of living. You're right. I've got to stand and live near, near Whaley Bridge. Yeah, well, I, I used to live in the water, so I was paddling around with water up to my ankles because Manchester never stops raining. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's about right, really, but you've got a bigger sense of humour up north. Much bigger sense of humour. They're a bit more doer down here, just a bit like the Scots. <laughs> Peter, how good is your health? My health? Yeah. I've just had a, an emergency hernia rock, and I'm 82. And, and I can't... I can't and they operate the same day. The, the, Ian, is, Ian is making uh, mischief here. He's playing music at the same time, so I can't converse with you. Um, the point... Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's still very slow on the M1 southbound at Junction 14 for Milton Keynes and it's also busy between Junction 10 for Luton Airport and 9 for Redbourne. Nearby the A5 is very slow southbound between Lynch Hill and the M1 Junction 9 for Redbourne and the M25 is busy anti-clockwise between Junction 19 for Watford and 15 for the M4. In Watford on St Albans Road in both directions between the Bushy Mill Lane and the Gammons Lane that's very slow because it's been partially blocked by a building fire and in Hartford on 4th Street that's closed eastbound for a police and between Parliament Square and Market Street in the town centre is also affecting Market Street between Railway Street and Four Street. On the trains, Great Northern still have 10 minute delays into London between Ockley Park and Alexandra Palace because of a signalling problem. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sorry, Sammy, Catherine and I are arguing about karaoke versions of songs. Mm -hmm. I, I, 79 pence that cost me, and, and, and thanks for the suggestion. Quick fingers at work there as well to get the uh, Ebony and Ivory uh, karaoke version. It does disappoint me though when it's just a very cheap. Yeah. keyboard sound because you can get good keyboard sounds now at very reasonable prices karaoke version do a lovely um karaoke track for you and you can even have it with or without backing but see that i have to get i have to get it from itunes quickly i'm i'm, I'm uh, always always thinking anyway can i do the news i would yeah thank you very much indeed 
8.47, these are your headlines. More than 20 people have escaped from a fire at a bed and breakfast in Watford this morning. EasyJet says it's still trying to bring back more than 2,000 passengers who are stranded in Sharm el-Sheikh. And campaigners in Wickham say the council should consider giving temporary homes to Syrian refugees in army barracks. Here's the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It is a rather grey day across all three counties. Now, we did have a little bit of brightness around probably half an hour ago as the sun rose. We started to see a little bit of orange in the clouds. We've been looking at all the weather watch pictures this morning and you can see that, but the cloud is quite quickly moving in and it's turning into a rather grey day now and uh, there it's going to stay. It's increasing the southwesterly breeze as well, so it's going to become quite breezy, windy, gusty through the afternoon, but it is going to be mild. The maximum temperature getting up to around 15 Celsius. So overnight tonight we hang on to the mild air and uh, it's not going to drop down too far at all 11 celsius being the minimum in the countryside the rural spots but towns and cities probably staying around 12 or 13 so you're not really going to notice the difference in temperature tonight could get a bit of light patchy rain by the same measure we could get a little bit over the children's today but most places staying dry but tonight over higher ground again perhaps a little bit of rain for tomorrow it's similar rather cloudy still mild and still breezy maximum temperature slightly warmer at 16 celsius and that's your forecast Local Live. Local Live is a live update service from the BBC. Live news, sport, weather and travel updates for beds, hearts and bucks. You can get the latest on more than 30 stories during the course of the day. Video, audio and the best of social media for where you live. You can have a much more dynamic, updated live news service than ever before. Wherever you are, from the BBC and beyond. One or two showers working their way in later on this afternoon. Local Live. Milton Keynes Dom secured a vital win as they beat Charlton 1-0 at Stadium NK. Online, on your mobile and on your tablet at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. The M1 southbound slow gang 12-11. Local live, bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hang on a second. What's, Glenn, what does this mean? It's the most amazing... People are, you know, saying nice things and saying rude things on Twitter as they did. And then Glenn just comes in with a, with a tweet that, wow. Right, go on. Really miss listening to Ian Lee and Kath in the mornings. Another thing this tumour has taken from me. What oh. tumour? Flipping heck! Hang on a minute. If you've got a tumour, does that mean that you can't hear low-quality radio? Depends where it is, I guess. Where? What? Really? Glenn? Glenn. What? Wowzers. Maybe maybe tumour is like street slang for something. I don't know. I'm well, hoping it's a typo. Glenn, I'm, I'm hoping it's uh, autocorrect and everything yeah. is fine and dandy and you're well. But um, why, why, I'm, why I'm curious. I have to ask, why does a tumour mean you can't listen? Or you can't hear it? Sad, this is pointless. We can say what we want about him. He's not listening. Well, we'll write back to him. I don't really want to use Twitter at the moment. Oh, I'll You write back to him. to him. Not really into Twitter at the moment, but I'm bored of Twitter. You know what I mean, Dan's? No. Hmm? What's the next big thing going to be in the in the internet? Um, nothing. I think we're done. Think Are we finished? Mind bending. Yeah. <laughs> just can speaking I just... of mind bending, where's Joss? <laughs> He's bending his mind. Uh, he talks a hit man. He's twisting my mind. Can I just say? Just can I just say yeah. for the record? Do it. Uh, Danny is um, was fine this morning. No, I wasn't. I the wasn't. last half an hour, I'm fine. I'm fine, and I'll be in tomorrow. I um, will. I will. Yeah, but don't come near me because you. If you don't work, you get paid. You get sick pay. Yeah. I don't work. Well. 
I'll come in there and, and, and kiss you, then you'll get this. Yeah, I don't get I don't get paid, mate. And I've got mortgage and kids and a very, very big eBay addiction to, to fund, okay? So I can't afford... I've literally used up all of my holiday. I, on the other hand, could do with a few um, lie, lies in. So if you want to inseminate no. me with your um, sore throat... No. The, the offer was for Ian, and that, that was it. Where do you want to bleed from, Dan? Maybe we established that. 03459 455 555 is the uh, telephone number. Um, let me just get the Facebook page, because we put it up there. And, and, and loads of people have commented, calm down, guys, calm down. Listen, uh, what, you know that we're in serious trouble if I'm being the responsible adult. Yeah, yeah if he's the nice one, we're in serious trouble. Um, we, we, th- th- this video, we put it on Facebook of, um, uh, where is it, Cranfield. <laughs> and um, they're having you know, the, the minutes. Is it minutes or two minutes? It's two minutes. Is it two minutes? Yeah. I think I stole someone's parking space during the two-minute silence. Because they stopped in you know, the car park. Why would you do that? Just chop in and sit sit tight. I mean. Anyway, so there's a bus driver. There's a, there's a two-minute silence, and uh, he's carrying on driving. For, that's the only clip we've got that may have happened. Some stuff may have happened before. There's some, some allegations summit. he was beeping his horn and being unruly. I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with it. He's doing his job. You can't stop people doing their job. If the road wasn't clearly closed, what's he supposed to do? Georgia says, and I'm trying to pick. There's kind of half and half. So I'm trying to pick, you know, each. Georgia says, if everyone has silently let the bus pass, there would have been less racket than that woman shouting, disgusting, through the minute silence. That seems more disruptive. Um, all ra- Robert says, all round disappointed, really, as bus driver could have waited. Police officer could have stood, stood in front of bus and the woman filming just saw the opportunity to name and shame and get some fame time on social media. Um, the bus driver should be sacked of this. Dean says the bus driver should be sacked of this. The bus driver should be sacked of this. Dean says, the bus driver should be sacked of this. Where Gillian says, was he British? Um, yeah, but then she gets owned. Oh, does she? Yeah. Let's have a look. Does it matter if he's British or not? Be careful not to make this into something racist when there's nothing to say. And there's one here. We can see the ones, because we're, we're um, editors. Yeah. We can see the ones that are hidden. Because of swearing mostly. Has he got, should we have a look? Yeah. Yes, yes, it's got swearing. swearing. It's got swearing in it, Justin. Justin! Morning, boss. It's a really interesting story, and uh, I've noticed that this this, this seems to get worse every year. Mm -hmm. The anger directed towards people who don't fulfil our traditional criteria of what should happen in terms of poppies and remembrance. And respect. And respect. Respect. Corbyn's getting a kick in because he didn't prostrate himself as much as, uh, as David Cameron did. I've seen the clip. He did a very tasteful, respectful, very gentle, subtle head nod. It's the front yep. page of a newspaper that he didn't bow down. I think that's incredible. I know, I know. It's absolutely ridiculous. It really is. Every you, year it's getting worse. It does get worse. It does get worse. Uh, you, you've taken this video to the streets. Did you, did, what, did you have it on your phone or something? I had it on my phone. So yeah, clever. Talking, yeah, that's what happens these days. Really? Yeah, I'm iPhones. Because so <laughs> when you said I'm going to take this thing, how's he going to do How's he going to take a computer yeah, out yeah. there? No. Brilliant. Well done. Thank you, Just. So I've taken it out on my phone. I've been showing people this morning and um, I, I know people are saying that there's more to this video. Apparently he was beeping his horn or something like that but in the actual video itself all you can see is a bus driver trying to get through during the two minute silence so uh, people have been watching this video giving me their reaction here's what happened well looking at the video I think he should have stopped for the two minute silence as, as you would expect him to I don't know whether I can say this but it depends what the the word is from the company as to the company I work for we observe a two-minute silence but if his company has told all drivers to carry on even during that particular period then he's only doing what he's told to do and therefore 
it might be the, down to the company to look at their policy. Looking at that video, madam, I mean, a lot of people aren't getting very upset about this. What's your gut feeling on that? Well, I'm quite disgusted, really. I, I think that he should have waited. Um, no, I, I think it's bad. I, I think I'm it's bad. Disgusting. Tell me why. Because that's what it's all about. It's all about people that have fought for us mm-hmm. so that we can live properly. So respect it. That's what it's about, respect. You've got no sympathy for him at all? No, no, none whatsoever. If you saw a funeral, would you jump in front of it, whether you're a bus or not? Same thing, isn't it? Same principle? Yeah. Okay. Well, he must be stupid because he must see everybody else standing. No, I would say, I won't say the word, shook me fist at him. Yeah, definitely. I'm not going to mess with you, Olive. I'll leave you to it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's doing the job, but, you know, it is remembering Sunday. So maybe he should have just waited for two minutes. Maybe you should have just waited. I don't think he's, you know, he's a fellow doing a job. If there was shouting and beeping of the horn, yeah, OK, yeah. that's fine, that's inappropriate. We haven't seen that. But also, that. The, 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 there were people stood in the road, OK, yep, and those yep. people were, were able to move out of the way. They were they were able to move out of the way. I just got... I'm, I make up, and again, I'm making this up, that some of those people had a real... Uh, it, it, they enjoyed the fact that someone wasn't yeah. observing the two-minute silence because then they could feel <laughs> superior. I just get it's the feeling... Not everyone, but a couple of people no, felt I mean, like I, that. I, I find it really interesting because, again, we don't know the company policy. He could have been told by his bosses, look, I, I know there's a two-minute silence, but you've got to carry on. We don't know the facts there but also the lady who's recording that um, is actually making a lot of noise herself during the two yeah. minute silence if you listen to it she's it's saying disgusting. oh it's disgusting it's terrible well, well she's also making noise isn't she so same thing Ah, oh, man alive. Justin, excellent. How was uh, Saturday's show? Good? Uh, Saturday's show was interesting. Joe Brown, come on. We had Joe Brown on the programme, uh, an absolute legend, and Tony Robinson in the geezer's chair. He calls himself the King Geezer now. So, yes, it was, a, it was an interesting one, yeah. Uh, of course, if people want to listen to that, go to the iPlayer. Justin, thank you very much indeed. He does every Saturday breakfast now, 6 to 9. Go to the BBC iPlayer, type in Justin Dealey, wallop, it pops up, you've got three hours of Dealey. What more do you want? Oh, two hours of me and Catherine? Well, you go to the BBC iPlayer, you type in Ian Lee, Catherine Boyle, boom, you get two hours of us um, talking about nothing whatsoever. Catherine, instead of texting your mates... I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm tweeting uh, Glenn. Well, listen, Glenn... <sighs> Um, oh blimey! Look, oh well, well, oh blimey! Well, tell him I say I'm not on. T- oh, flipping it! If only he were listening, he, this would this would cheer him up no end. into London from the Denham roundabout at the M40 towards the North Circular Road at the Hanger Lane gyratory. In Watford, St Albans Road's closed and both partially blocked in both directions because of a building fire between the Bushy Mill Lane and Balmoral Road. And the A5 in Dunstable is very slow southbound from the A505 towards Brewers Hill Road. That's because of the roadworks there. It's also still very busy on the M1 southbound from Junction 10 for Luton Airport to 9 for Redbourne. And the A1M is busy northbound at Junction 6 for Welling Garden City. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. Well, Glenn's not very well, it turns out. I, I still don't understand. He, uh, I don't want to, you know... 
He can't listen to us because he's in hospital. He's not. He's got. He's got a tumor. He's not very well. All right. I'm wishing the best of luck. But he can't hear us, so we can say what we want. How can he tweet but not listen to us? I mean, he's either committed to the cause or he's not committed. He's got a phone. You can listen to us on the phone. Some serious questions need answering. Um, uh, this guy's a chance. Absolute chance. and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Start of a new week and on today's big phone-in, do you think we should give some of our social housing to refugees? Campaigners in High Wycombe are putting pressure on the council to find homes for as many as 200 Syrian refugees. John Bagina is chair of Wycombe 38 Degrees. This morning, he's told BBC Three Counties Radio he accepts there are many local people on the housing waiting list, but he argues they're waiting for the perfect house, whereas refugees are in greater danger and will be happy just to have a roof over their heads. He suggested refugees could be sheltered in scout huts, out-of-use offices, churches, mosques and military barracks until they find their feet, a job and their own housing. Well, this morning I want to hear your reaction to this. Do you think we should give some of our social housing to refugees? Here's my telephone number for your call. It's 03459 455 555. This is the JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. I'll take your call in just a second, but first let's get the latest BBC News at nine o'clock with Lee Agnew. More than 20 people have been evacuated after a fire in Watford this morning. It's believed the blaze took hold in the Phoenix Lodge bed and breakfast at about half past five. Carol Abercrombie reports. Fire crews were called to the fire in St Albans Road, which had taken hold in a ground floor kitchen. Five people escaped from a first floor window and another two from the rear door. Ten people have been given first aid at the scene. An investigation will be carried out this morning to determine the cause. EasyJet is planning to fly another plane out to Sharm el-Sheikh today to rescue holidaymakers stuck in the Egyptian resort. The Luton-based airline says it still has more than 2,500 passengers who've been unable to return home. Meanwhile, the Foreign Secretary, Philip Hammond, has warned that airport security around the world may have to be overhauled. The travel writer, Simon Calder, explained what that might mean. There would be lots of intelligence stuff going on in the background, lots of high-tech solutions, but also some pretty rudimentary measures which actually already happen in some parts of the world, and they would include, for example, excluding anybody who is not a ticketed passenger, a member of staff, from getting anywhere near an airport. Community groups and religious leaders in High Wycombe have signed a statement urging the council to start accepting Syrian refugees. It calls on the council to play its part in accepting an appropriate number as soon as practically possible. John Bagina from Wycombe 38 Degrees says they could be given temporary homes in army barracks. It would have to be until the refugees find their feet, find their homes, start earning money for themselves. We know that there are a lot of army barracks which are not being used, we, we have to consider that refugees would accept housing which is, by our standard, less homely than our own people will do. A woman from Bedford who was forced to give her daughter up for adoption in 1964 is appealing for help to find her. Carol Long, who now lives in America, gave birth while living at a home for unmarried mothers and hopes to find Adelaide.